Hey, it's Dan here. If you want to hear this episode of the Backchat Podcast without ads and get extra content that no one else gets, head to backchatstudios.com.au where you can sign up as a patron and access all of our bloody good merch. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Yeah, yeah, as the song says. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Yeah. Um, how are we going? Are we going well? Yeah, splendid. Very good. Dan Const. Hello. Will Schofield here. Um, we're going to go straight off the top here. Okay. Usually we have a bit of a chat about something happening mm. in our lives. Well, we're going to go to our good friend, Charlie. Um, Charlie. Charlie, roaming Charlie again. Week two, Fremantle versus St Kilda with his own home team out at Optus Stadium. We'll get to that a little bit later on, but... How was the game? Did you enjoy the game? The Freo played like shit, mate. They, they did. I enjoyed the first half, I'll say that. Um, I had a bit of an accident when I got there. Oh, boy. Uh, so I, I roll up to the stadium and I head down to watch the boys run out and I get myself a beer. And almost immediately, I just I somehow knock it with my other hand. This doesn't surprise me. Changing hands. No, I'm a klutz. Uh, <laughs> and it, all over my jeans. The full, full, full beer all <laughs> over my jeans. And there is a lot of people around me. Is you this know, in the bar or are you sitting down? This is uh, at the front of the stadium, uh, like towards the boundary. Yeah. Right. Uh, so I've, I've left the bar. Right. And there is kind of a security uh, attendant, whatever he is, milling around. And a few people see me and laugh. Uh, and <laughs> As you would. I can't blame them for that. Security guard comes up to me and he makes a joke. Oh, oh you can't hold your beer, mate. Taxi. Oh, and he says to me, oh, what beer were you drinking? I say, single fin. And he disappears and he, g- he says, give me one minute. And he comes back with a free beer for me. So I want to give a shout out to that guard. What's his name? Oh, you didn't even get know. his name. Let's call him Finny. Let's, what about let's Finny? call him Finny. Single yeah, yeah. Finny. Th- Mate, that, that's you, unreal. So do you reckon that's come out of his pay or has he just you got a bit of a credit card out the back there? What's that? How has he done that? I reckon he's just gone up to the attendant, uh, the bar attendant and said, I'll have a single fin for a fan. Just seen some pitiful Fremantle Docker <laughs> fan. We know what's going to happen in this game, so we already feel bad enough. Let's get him a beer on the house. There's, There's no way a security a guard day. has a tab or something. He's paid for that, I reckon. Yeah, it depends. It depends. How, it might have been a big dog. He might have been a manager. It yeah. wasn't security. He was one of the... Oh, RAC attendants, attendants or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. Well, RAC. make sure you keep an eye out across socials for Roaming Charlie with a beer across his jeans. He spilled it all over himself in the first minute of the Dockers game. You can find that on Backchat, double underscore, on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. You can find us on Reddit. Haven't really heard much about Reddit. Are we still banned? 
No, no, the Reddit sub's not banned, but it's you know it's just it's just pottering along. It doesn't have not many not many stories. No, the thing is, it's driven by me, and when I don't when I'm lazy, it doesn't really. Okay, well there you go. If you're on Reddit, it's I'm being sorry. Lazy. I'll get better. I'll get better. Hello at backchatpodcast.com.au. If you want to send us something, we have to read it. You know how it goes. You send it. We read it. YouTube backchat. Um, find us over there. If you're listening to us and you haven't watched us or you are watching us and you're already subscribed to YouTube and you haven't listened, do both, do either. Uh, we're almost at 1,000 subscribers, which is mm. just a magic number we've pulled out of nowhere. But we're, we're closing in on 900. If you're Sheesh. listening or you're watching and you haven't hit subscribe, go ahead and do that, please. Or if you're in an Uber, do you hear my voice? Isn't it? Yeah, if you're in an Uber, just yeah, I reckon everyone did because they're listening to <coughs> on a podcast. And subscribe for them. Yes. Oh, in an Uber. Mm. Can I please borrow your phone? Yeah, sure. Have you ever driven an Uber? Uh, no. Like, well, obviously been, yeah. Yeah, I've obviously been in them. Yeah. But like, you haven't... No, you know, no. It just struck me as someone that might just, you know, just pick up an account and start one up and if, start driving around. Honestly, if my life fell apart, I would, first thing I'd do, would, I'm not saying Uber drivers have their lives fall apart, but I just feel like that would be my next move. I'd go drive Uber and chat to people. So if Uber, you are listening, you should have a driver in the next three to four weeks as we continue along this <laughs> thing we call back chat going really well. Dan's only uh, one step away from driving an Uber. Uh well, you're not actually because we've got a lot of patrons. Uh, yeah. We've got a lot of people so supporting good. this podcast and we do want to, off the top, say thank you very much. Just genuinely appreciate your support because when we started this, and it's still the case, we just asked you if you thought the time and effort we put into this is worth anything to you and I think I think it's 200 of you have said, yes, it is. Yeah. It's outstanding stuff, I tell you what. If you want to find it's that, I know, I know. I'm, spe- I'm almost speechless. I can hear. Uh, Whippersnapper. <laughs> I've got some news to tell you about Whippersnapper. Yeah. Not only uh, do they make great whiskey for this podcast, mm-hmm. secondly, not only do we have a VIP code for all of those beautiful patrons, Yep, you can buy cheap whiskey mm-hmm. if you're a patron. Which people have been sending us pics of them buying it. Yeah, Please keep doing it. We've That's been great. saying it. Well, Whippersnapper just won an award, and it's not you know it's not just your you know local Perth awards, which yep. I'm sure they have a stack of the PWA, the Perth Whiskey Awards. Yeah, it's yep. not the WA awards, the <laughs> WA, the the Wawas, <laughs> the Wawas, yeah, uh, you know the Wawas, love the Wawas. So that, that'd be the Western Australian Whiskey Awards. Yeah, I got it. Yep. Um, it's it it is actually another Wawa. What is it? Oh yeah, world. Association of Whiskey Awards. They just they just want to they just want no no no, no this isn't a joke. They just won a, a world that a global award last global. night. Yep. For this whiskey right here. Yep. Wheat. Which is the wheat? It's the um, best single grain single cast wine. <laughs> wine whiskey whiskey. Yep. In the, the world. world. And that's that's a code you can buy it with it. It's bloody good. You can buy the code. Um, I did say to the boys they they let us know. Great news. Very congratulations, fellas. But I did say. I mean, how many how many world awards did they won before they lined up with Backchat? I think Z- it was a zero. Zero. Mm-hmm. So, align yourself with Backchat. Get yourself the best global whiskey. Uh, I, I, it's just a great association. Yep, love it. Whippersnapper. Thank you very much. Now, fantasy league. Oh, this is exciting. Uh. That, we're starting to move along here now. Round two is done and dusted. We had the opportunity to make some more trades. Some time to move up the ladder. Mm-hmm. Um, some things happened this week. I want to chat. Obviously, weekly about what we're doing in the fantasy world because there's a fair bunch of you, almost 170 of us, playing in uh, this fantasy league, Backchat Fantasy. How did you go on the weekend, Dan? Um, I don't know. I should check my team. 
Um, it's like <laughs> see, see, okay. So, so I've had some disturbing messages today. Number yep. one, our graphic designer Sam has said that he did not enter the league. Uh, he d- he didn't enter his didn't team in time. Team. Mm-hmm. So um, that's why he's not here. He's dead to us. Uh, <laughs> Dan. Yeah, look, um, I forgot to take Dustin Martin out for the second week in a row, so he's still been in there. Um, to be honest, though, what do you mean when you say forgot? Mm. This is an important thing. I know it's very important, but I I got to get my priorities in order. Right at the moment, back chat fantasy league, my team sitting quite low, but I need to bump it up. Any ups? Any any positives about the week? Um, I think my captain had a good one. Um, Who was your captain? Tuk Tuk. Tuk Tuk. He yeah. was very good. Yeah, I think I got about two seventy. Yeah, that's big. Yeah, very good. Happy yeah. with that. Any Stoke. changes this week then, or? Um, Do you need a reminder? The thing is, though, so interestingly, you know, I said Dustin Martin's still on my team. I thought, oh, who could have I replaced him with? All of my bench didn't play either. So it's not like I had someone to, like, just... Yeah, but you, that's what the trades are for. You trade Dustin Martin out for a player. Oh, okay, yeah. I'll do that. Doing it? Okay. So. I'll do that next week. <laughs> okay, you can hear me frustrated. Uh, you've moved up from uh, two spots, mm-hmm. uh, from 148 to 146. Nothing to sneeze at. Very good. You're on the uh, way up. Uh, sorry, he's moved down two spots. Oh. Thank you, Charlie, for the update. Tell me about your team. Uh, I've also moved down two spots. Right. So I'm you've both, I thought you're both on the improve. So you've both gone backwards. No, no. Right. I, I, I thought I'd made some positive changes, but. What did you do? I, I traded out my DNPs. You know, everyone on my on the field played. Oh, well, I mean, that's a positive. That's, that's, that's step one. I mean, it's a negative that you've gone backwards with that. Look, I had some people who performed well last week. Tell me you've got Andy Brayshaw on your team. I don't. Mate, he got to <laughs> 190 points. Yeah. yeah you, scenes have not been seen like this since oh, Tom Rockliffe, the pig of all pigs, was statting it up for Brisbane. The bloke used to just run around and award himself marks. He wasn't even getting marks. and he was, it, was, that, that, it was one of the best games you'll ever see. Your favourite player... Your bloke that you had in the multi this week for Blue Bet, you're telling me you don't have him. You couldn't quite fit the best player in the league in your team. That's what I'm telling you, Charlie. Charlie, <laughs> who was your captain this week? Uh, it was still Brody Grundy. Let me tell you both about a, a little thing called a loophole, right? And we tried to speak about this with Selby. To loophole your captain, you need to vice captain someone playing early in the week. So this week, who plays on Friday night? This week, Charlie, you can tell me that. Whoever's playing Friday night. You put a vice-captain on your best player from those teams. If they go well, you get a free hit at captain because you leave the vice on them. You bring a non-playing player onto your team, onto your field, yep, and you captain them. So you get zero for your captain, get your vice-captain doubled, and then you put the emergency on the player that you took off. So it's a big loop. You get a double hit. If your vice-captain doesn't go well on the Friday night, you put your captain on your normal person, and then away you go. Okay. Friday okay. night this week is uh, Melbourne Bombers. Melbourne, Petrarca, Oliver, Gorn. There's three right there. Bombers, Parrish. Um, Merritt's out, so Parrish would probably be the only one from Essendon. Okay, so there's your vice-captain options this week. After you make your trades of people that are fucking resigning from the game because they're yes. not in a well space mentally, you yes. need them out of your team. Okay, I'm going to do it. Cat. Time for you to tell me about your team. You were last. You were last last week, and these two fellas—they weren't far in front of you, to be honest. <laughs> and they've gone backwards. You can't have gone backwards. No, actually, I'm not last anymore. Yes, cat. I'm what improving. I'm, talking about. I'm improving. Uh, 
slowly. Well, but so we're well, getting there. how far from last are you now? You're 158th, <laughs> and there's 160. Last. And she was 158th last week as well. Wow. So how does that work, Charlie? I think it's a two new people. Okay, very yeah. good. Well done. You're moving on up there, Cat. Very good. What's your team name again? Backcat. Yeah, very good. Backcat yeah, on right. the way up. Uh, Scoey's on the way up. 106 to 79. Had a good okay. week. Had a good week. Make the top 100. But as I said last week, the talking point was my wife, Alex, who's never played fantasy before in her life. Now, we've heard your sob stories, Dan, and your sob stories, Charlie, and Kat's not really telling a sob story. She's just coming like, yeah, she's all right with it. Alex has never played fantasy in her life. Her her selection policy was pick the hot ones. Mm -hmm. Bailey Smith, Petrarca's in there, uh, Heaney's in there. Who are the the hot guys? I don't know. What other hot guys are there? Brown. Uh, Benny Brown's not in there. Absolutely not. She's 16th in the league. She's she's in the top three thousand in Australia. What she has one of the best. She has one of the best teams in Australia. <laughs> she um, she has not missed. We need to put that to Selby and say, does the hot the hot player thing <laughs> does that mean something? I think it could be a lot better than any of us are trying because I'm trying as hard as it gets. I'm coming 79th in my league and about twenty thousandth in the country. Mm-hmm. Alex has picked the hot guys. Comes she's she's got one of the best teams in the country and and has not missed one player. She has everyone. Well done, Alex. Hats off to you. This is in the race for two grand final tickets this year. The winner will take home two grand final tickets. If it's my wife, she will take them home. And she will be not, not be taking me, I bet you. I can, I can tell you that. <laughs> actually got a wedding at Ryan Davis, who asked me to be a groom. Yeah, that was a nice moment. Yeah, well, his wedding's on grand final day. Yep, that's right. You could watch it on your phone during the, the ceremony. <laughs> Very good. Uh, that's fantasy, okay? Lift. Back chat, lift. Lift. Okay, I'm going to lift. I'm going to lift. Cat. You're doing all right. I like you. Um, <laughs> okay. Let's have a bit of a whip around the legs. Thanks to Whippersnapper. <laughs> Very good. Best single grain, single cast whiskey in, in the, the world. world. Yeah. Thanks to Backchat. Um, what happened this week? Buddy's 1,000th goal. That was kind of Huge a, scenes. My unforgettable. wife likes football from time to time, isn't that invested, but... a lot, Like a lot of wives of... Of husbands that love their footy, yeah, it's that sort of relationship. She's like, She'll watch it, but oh, Josh Kennedy, that's a person, you know. And then actually, <laughs> played for West Coast. Sydney was playing exactly. She was like, "Wait, Josh Kennedy?" That was the <laughs> exact thing that happened. Yeah, absolutely. She was doing some other stuff around the house, and then um, I explained to her what was happening, and she said, "Oh, let me know when he's going to kick the thousandth." And then oh. she came in, watched it, and she loved it. It was good. Who didn't enjoy that moment? That was scenes, mate. That was genuine scenes. It was so good. I love that there was people running on the field before he'd even kicked the ball. We're going to get to have a chat to someone who was right there and then. Sharon Wellingham was in Buddy Franklin's box. He was in the family's box, so yeah. he couldn't get much closer. I did, I did, we'll ask him when he comes on, but I mean, maybe could have just made a, maybe a bit of an effort to get out on the ground. Yeah. Every, everyone else was down there. Yeah, Lisa could have done. Um, yeah, I thought that was great. Buddy got his ball back. Did you see that? that this was a great story. So Tom Brady, when he uh, threw the record touchdown pass... They lost that ball to the crowd. Tom Brady had to give a Bitcoin. That's to, huge. Which, which is, at one stage I was getting up to $100,000, one Bitcoin. Yep. So Buddy Franklin's uh, possessor of football took a screamer in the stands to start with. Yeah. So I Committed. think, well, how do you think, do you think you should just give it back? Should he just be given that back? Should is. Oh, tough. that that's no, my question. Uh, I would. <laughs> Of course, of course. You. No, you, I think. I think for the for There's the no. for the good of the game, he should have the good of the game. Yeah, 
But he took a great mark in the stands. You know? It doesn't matter. It's Buddy's ball. Well, is it? Yeah. He I mean, it's, his, it's his moment. He's his thousandth goal. i got to say, Six I, people in I, history. I, I respect the fact the bloke didn't just go and give it back. He was like, yeah, okay, you want your ball back. Well, that's good what, that's good on him for holding on to it. Yeah. He didn't just throw it Correct. into the crowd. Chuck and then the who beer. knows who could have got it? Could have sold it on the black market. Yep. He held on to it, though. Yep. They found him, tracked him down. Buddy got his ball back. Have a listen to this. I, at first, I heard the offer was come and meet Buddy Franklin. Yep. I mean, you can head down to your local Carousel Hoyts <laughs> cinema and meet Buddy Franklin probably and get a signature from him. I reckon you need to offer a bit more Sydney Footy Club. I reckon he's done pretty well out of it. Signed pair of uh, signature uh, sort of custom boots. Yep. Signed footy. Signed jumper. Two five-year memberships at the club. Is that a th- I, th- I saw life like memberships being thrown around. Two five years, five mate. years. I don't know how, how much did, how much did a membership cost. How much did a free membership cost? 80, 80 bucks. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Couple of hundred bucks. Yeah, Couple right? of hundred. That's still cheap. As. No, no, that's no. a guess. Well, no, it's no. a shocking guess, mate. A couple of hundred bucks. Coast, It'd be fifty dollars like, for one ticket, mate. Yeah. West Coast waiting. Hey, what, in the how much is a couple? Like, <laughs> I reckon it's going to be eight hundred, right? Six eight hundred. Yeah. Right. Eight hundred times five. It's a fair bit of money. Two and a half grand. Uh, times two, five grand. Thanks very much. And and the kicker. <laughs> a thank you letter signed by John Longmire. <laughs> what? What are you gonna put up uh, on the what are you putting up on the trophy cabinet first? The boots, the footy, the jumper, the two memberships, or the signed letter by John. I wonder what it says. I'd love to see what it says. Why he didn't write it or sign signed it? by Buddy. <laughs> Why is John yeah. Longmire thanking you? Why what? is he involved? <laughs> <laughs> there was uh, there was absolute scenes. There were so many questions I had. I, I actually texted Tom Hickey, uh, yep. Ruckman. I said, "What what what was going on out there?" He said, "It was so great to start with. I was right near Buddy, gave him kind of a hug, and then it got scary. People started falling over. Kids mm. were on the ground. Oh. But he also said the crowd was quite good. It wasn't like a mosh pit where it's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. do whatever you want to get the prize. People were looking after each other, picking each other up. But he said it was genuinely scary." Mm. And it got to the stage where it was like, all right, I'm just going to leave Buddy to, to, to death. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm looking after myself. Yeah. There was players ended up out on the street. Yes. There was, there was players stuck on the other side of the oval. They were just standing there like, what do we do? I, I was kind of thinking, you know how Buddy like went the whole way? He could have just... <laughs> he was about 10 metres from one side of the ground. Yep. He could have just walked out there and then walked underneath the ground. There's, there's under passages. Do you think you... Or do you think he just... He, he was lapping. You yeah. know what? You look As at his face, and I was waiting for him to be like, "Okay, yeah. I had enough now." Yeah. From the from the moment it started till it ended, he was enjoying it. Did Did you notice at all the guy in the white shirt? Big boy. Yeah. I, 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 was he personal bodyguard or something? Because I, yeah. when I first saw him on the vision, I was watching him live. I thought this is just a fan that's helping him. Mm. But then I've watched it again and again, and Buddy gives him a big hug, and he's he's in the actual. He goes down to the race. I reckon Sydney have employed him or his work set. I'd love to know who that is. I'd love to speak to him. He, he, he was just <laughs> waiting for Buddy to make that reaction. He had that reaction, mate. He yeah. was kicking people out of the way. Like, yeah. If he looked at me, yeah. I would have run. <laughs> Did you say that, Charlie? Absolutely. I'm pretty sure he was like a Sydney security guard or something. I was thinking at the time. He but was, who's yeah. drafting him? He, he's got the bump. <laughs> oh, he was, he was like a bulldozer through that crowd. I absolutely loved it. Almost um, as big as Zach Tui, that hit on the, on the fan. <laughs> Uh, that was good, but he picked up his keys and wallet. Did he? Do you know this? No, I didn't hear that bit. Do you yeah, know this I saw one? this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, saw, saw, the I hit. saw the hit. Well, he hits him, he runs off. Tui sees he's dropped his keys and wallet and goes, hey, 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 
chases him back into the crowd. Oh boy! With a I like Zach with a key and wallet, and that's gave great. it to him. That's you've changed your opinion now. No, I've always liked him. Has a number or two on his Guernsey because of his quick last shout time. out to Ness. We got the present. Yeah, we're just working on how to just roll that out, Ness. Thank you very much. Huge, huge, huge. Thank you. Um, Ash Barty retired. Mm. Going out on top. Love it. Can't you don't me. love it. Well, ask me. Do you? What, what do you think of Ash Barty retiring? I find it strange. Uh, the the reason. Yep. Go on. I think to this is definitely from an athlete's point of view, right? To be the very best, and I've certainly never been the very best at anything uh, in the sporting realm. I've competed at the highest level, but I've never won a brown. I've never won a best and fairest. I haven't been the best. To be the best, you have to be wired a certain way. Like the best at anything, they're they're all they're all driven by the same thing to succeed. Like that, they are. I, I just. I just find it strange. The reason you don't see this much is because of the way the best are wired. And she is wired that way. You can say what you like. She is built the same way as everyone else. Mm-hmm. And she's the best. Yep. I just, it's just, a, it's strange. I'm not saying I, d- I disagree with it. Good, good yeah. on her. Do what you want. <clears throat> it's her life. She can do whatever. Oh, it's odd. She, yeah. I'd say that. It's, it's odd. It's, but it's just yeah. not like oh, you're, you're accounting and you got to the top of your firm and then you're done. Like these these athletes, these very best, the, like they're the best in the very the globe, just like Whippersnapper. You don't just that, you don't just wake up the next day and go, oh, we're shutting it down. We had enough. That, that, that's all I'm saying. Like, I, okay. Yeah. I, I, Maybe I find, there'll be more to it, but right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm not even saying that either. It's like, um, all right, done. Uh, last one on the Whippersnapper whip around. Mm. That's really good. Chris Rock, Will Smith. Yeah, you want well, to reenact that? No, thank you. <sighs> Unless I can beat Will Smith. <laughs> I'll be Will Smith first. <laughs> Rochambeau. Uh, um, what has gone on there? If uh, anyone who hasn't seen it by Thursday, no, you get would, out you of the would room. Have. Chris Rock made a bad joke about Will Smith's wife. Will Smith runs on stage, walks, and I'm thinking, I'm watching this like as the video. I'm like, oh, it's going to be a bit here. He gives him... Yeah, everyone did else as well. Everyone did too. The biggest open hands hit I've ever seen and the sound was this thud and that's when you realise oh hang on is something going on here and then the the barking back and forth or sorry not back and forth just from Will Smith it's insane the only thing you need to see to know that it's real is Chris Rock's reaction yeah he's rattled he is as if something happens when you're in a live setting now this is like we do this live Mm -hmm. um, although it's released a couple of days later we don't cut this up or edit it if something happens truly um off-putting or or surprising that you don't know it's going to happen, it rattles you. You kind of you can see the way his mind works. Yep. And he completely has a brain fade. He would have someone in his ear telling him what to say. He would have a teleprompter, mm-hmm. and he still couldn't speak. Still he couldn't put it together. Clearly, was not expecting getting slapped in the face. He could have been concussed. Poor boy. I I don't know where I sit on that whole thing either. Because look, if you just if you'd be able to take two sides to it. He's there to make jokes, and you've seen people make worse jokes than that, and you go, and, and that's what they're there for. Mm-hmm. They're, to, they're there to be provocative. It gets the people going. <laughs> yeah. That's what he, that genuinely what he's there for. Now, I understand Will Smith would be offended. I would too, and I get all that. But Chris Rock's doing a job too. Like that, That's the whole thing. It's not like he's walked past him in the street being like, hey, like disrespectful to his wife and said something like that. He is, you know? Yeah. Where's the line, I guess I'm asking? Where, where's the line? I, I don't I know. I feel like the I've line, seen, seen the line is things. very hard to determine in all aspects of life mm-hmm. at the moment. Yep. 
I don't, I don't know the answer the to that. Line. It was just a very awkward thing to watch. Yeah, I, I felt sick watching it. Mm. It was bad. I'm glad that I got to show it to you. That was the was nice uh, whip around with whippersnapper. We'll, we'll tighten that up a little bit, but I liked that a lot. Moving on to the next little segment now. Yeah. I wanted to speak to... Oh, this was a very exciting moment. Now, I want to start off the top here. We've partnered with Bluebet. Mm-hmm. We're not a betting podcast. No. We will not smash... We will not jam betting down your throat. I promise. I My betting history... Let's talk about our betting history. My betting sure. history... I have, a, I have a betting account with another agency mm-hmm. that would get used... Five times a year, if you're lucky. Yeah, like it, honestly, and I and, and I know a lot about football. I know a lot about these sports. I just don't bet that much. Mm-hmm. You? No, not at all. There's another bet, betting agency that I was with. Yeah, and I had a dollar in the account only because you got to watch NBA games for free on it. Right. So, so I, I'm not. I'm not a punter. So I understand why we've partnered with Bluebet. It's a community element. Mm-hmm. It's it's to take down Bluebet. Really, yeah. I, I just want to take a bit of money from them. Yep. Now, hopefully we've demonstrated with week one of proceedings yes. that we're all about taking down Bluebet. We build a multi, Charlie, Dan, myself, and a bit of guest you know, respect in Ryan Davis, Gold well, Coast, West Coast. Yes, inspiration for, yes. for picks. Yep. The whole thing we're going to do here is one multi-bet a week. Mm-hmm. Put $5 on it. Do not put 50 not 100 Put, a, put $1, $1 on it. Doesn't Just, matter. See, it, it's, it's for complete banter, and we'll be building them with that in mind as well. That's so right. So Ben Brown to kick two goals. You love what Ben Brown. Do? You left Ben Brown. Yeah. He kicked, he kicked two of the best as well. He's very good. Early. Yeah. So yeah. we ticked that. Ticked that off very quick. We went down the Gold Coast to match the line at Melbourne, mm-hmm. which means you get a head start. That was in respect to Ryan Davis playing for Gold Coast. Yes. Not because we had any idea what the match was going to do. No idea. Win. They lost, they lost by 10 points, something yep. like that. Who cares? Oh, it's really not about the bet. It's not. West Coast. But I tell you what, though. Hang on, let me just say. Yes. I'm watching the last quarter of Melbourne yeah. and Gold Coast, and Gold Coast are down 20, and I'm. it's the most exciting yes. thing I've ever seen. Not for the money. No. Well, back chat, the Backchat account had $5 on it. That's yeah. the money we're putting on it. Yeah, it's not about exactly. making money. Mm-hmm. It's about having fun. And we were just texting like, come on, come on, get within yeah. 10 points. They keep yeah. going. Get back in. Yeah. West Coast. They got a 30-point 30 30 head start thanks to that line. Yep. That was free money. They almost won that game. That was free money. Came, came down to Charlie's love affair with Andy Brayshaw. He needed 30-plus disposals for the game. Yep. All of our money riding that's on it. It was paying $11, so we had 50 bucks to win. That was, yep. that was pretty good. I'd buy pretty a couple decent. of beers, buy five beers down the pub. Yep. Charlie, you took us to the Holy Land, mate. Brayshaw had a bit to say. 21 touches at half time. Yeah, I was barely paying attention to the rest of the team. <laughs> I just kept I kept watching number eight. Oh, that's another one. That's another one. I was counting in my head. I was, was uh, I was commentating on Fox Footy and I was hoping Fremantle would win so I could speak to him after the game on TV. <laughs> And you can't talk about betting, but just want you to know you've done great thing for the back chat listeners. So with that yes. in mind, that paid eleven dollars, had five bucks on it, fifty bucks. Thanks for coming. Cheers, Blue Bet. Um, you know, bad luck, honestly. And it's gonna happen every week from now on. So watch out for our socials. We're gonna build a multi. It'll come up on a Thursday sort of night. You can jump on, it'll be a, a separate link, click on it. Put five bucks on it and then just enjoy the banter across socials and tell your mates. It gives you a bit of fun to watch along with your fantasy. That's right. With your betting. Yep. It's very good. This week. Mm-hmm. This week's bet. I hope you've got your West Coast element. Yep. Because I told you, you to and I haven't written it down here. That's right. I got it. We're going to go a bit of bit of Dan, bit of Charlie, bit of Scoey, bit of Sherrod Wellingham. 
Jared Wellingham played for two clubs as well, like Ryan Davis. But this week, Collingwood and West Coast. So we're going to start with Collingwood. We need a bit of Collingwood action. They're playing Geelong at the G. Geelong's just lost to Sydney. I, th- I see him bouncing back. So we can't back Collingwood. You know, who, you know who we know at Collingwood? You know who we've got a good, strong relationship at the Collingwood Magpies? Mason Cox. Oh, I didn't actually think about that. That would have been good. Jordan Degoe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anytime goal store. Uh, it's a man we've got to love to hate and we've got to hate to love. Don't mm-hmm. know how that works. Jordan Degoe, first leg to kick a goal at any time in that game. Yep. Let's cheer him on for once, West Coast fans. Okay. Uh, number two. West Coast v Fremantle, the Derby. Mm-hmm. That's why all the action is around here. There's Fremantle and West Coast scarves and beanies and jumpers. Damn, didn't even notice because he missed us setting this up. Did you notice? No, I love it. It's good. It looks very good. Have a look at it on YouTube. Just search back chat. We're going to go Lockie Schultz. This is Charlie's bet. Tell me what we're doing here. We're going to go Lockie Schultz, anytime goal scorer. Okay. We like it a lot. Yeah. Because what we're going to do at the end here, it's going to be a long bet at the end. So we, we need to be this action. To go anytime. Lockie Schultz anytime. West Coast. I'm going on the anytime as well. Great. Just to ruffle some feathers. Don't, don't, don't do Tom Brass. He's not going to kick another goal no, in his life. No, 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 no. Jack Darling. Okay, Because I want to see the reaction. Love, 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 love. Anytime Jack Darling. Anytime Jordan Degoe, friend of the family, sort of. Lockie Schultz kicks a uh, goal anytime. And the, the big, the big, big daddy. After Michael Barlow, Glenn Denning, Allen medalist three times. Sharon Wellingham, not. Will Schofield, not. Close. Glenn Denning, Allen medal goes to, where are we going to? Brayshaw, I've got, I've got four options. Okay. Brayshaw, Luke Ryan from Freo, or Luke Shuey, or Willie Rioli. There's your four options. I think you know what I would suggest. <laughs> okay, thank you, John. Do we want to back Andy twice in a, in a row? Is there an omen with that? I don't know. Let's go. Let's okay. keep it rolling. Keep it we rolling. don't walk away from the table. Andy Brayshaw to win the Ross Glendening medal into Lockie Schultz kicking a goal, into Jack Darling kicking a goal, into Jordan Dugowie kicking a goal. Our bloody fun's that. Good. Thank you very much, Blue Bet. Uh, we'll look forward to taking you down once again. again. Mm-hmm. Um, really good start, though. Yeah, one excellent start. Made it very fun. You send it. We read it. Here we go. Um, I will say, Ben, your email, it's still here. We have not read it. Jordan Ngoi kicks a goal in the blue bet bet, uh, back chat bets. We will read it next week. All right. Adam Hart, here we go, AFLW players. All right. G'day, guys. With all this talk about how to turn the AFLW players full-time and where there might be money to come from, TV rights and men taking a pay cut, I feel the right questions aren't being asked to begin with. Okay. So how much do they need to turn full-time? And will everyone be paid the same? So do we want to go through these one by yeah, one? Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so footy players, what do you think would be a, uh, I guess it's a full-time wage. How much do they need to turn full-time? Mm. Is that, and that's talking about the players. That's the players, yeah. Well. I mean, it's no different to any job. No. In it terms of pay, it's like probably what's full-time. In, it's probably, is it between the 50 and 100K mark? I'd bump it up. I mean, I, I mean the, there's going to be, no, be players paid more than that. But I'm talking course. about. Most of the competition being on somewhere between 60 and 100. All right, put it this way. What's the lowest? What's like a rookie contract, a, a low yeah, AFL true. men's? Yeah, like more than that, probably 80. Okay. So, and that's enough for a rookie to not have to worry about working elsewhere, just training. Well, they, yeah, they're the not allowed to. Well I, think, well, I suppose they'd be allowed to, but yeah, that's what they get paid. So, okay. yeah. 80K then? That's a, that's yeah, a. Okay. I don't think that's achievable, but let's say that's the amount. Yeah, for, for every player to be able to go. Okay, 80K. That's the answer. That's not achievable right now. 
Okay. Not enough money in the game. Okay. Will everyone be paid the same? No, probably not, because your good players need to be paid more. Yeah, because then you'll get people talking about that. Okay, so this, um, so uh, Adam says, as so, a yeah, base, we'll, I would say 100000 per player would be above the national average workers at, uh, at wage, which yeah. is correct, yep. Um, if each club would have 35 players on the list, the AFL would only need $63 million per year to accommodate that. Yeah, some, I mean... Some maths for you. I have no idea where that money would come from, but at least it's a start... Uh, a, a start in the right direction. Yeah, and that's from Adam underscore under underscore score underscore. Don't fuck with me like that. Adam. I'm serious, <laughs> man. Uh, 63 million bucks. Okay, that's to pay the players. Mm-hmm. Coaching we, staff. We realise that the players aren't the only people doing anything. Yep. You probably have to have the same amount of coaches as coach. You'd have to have trainers, medical staff, coaches, support staff. Media. You need you need duplicate. You need you know, another team. You can't have the people from the men's side working on the women's team. It doesn't work like that. So the sixty three will cover players. Great. Then you got to cover travel for all the teams, mm-hmm. accommodation for all the teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, every cost that the men have, the women will have. But you got to be able to spread it out. So for this to happen, the only way it does happen is if the men come to the table and say, "Have a bit of our slice." This is the amount we're earning through marketing, through attendance, through, I TV. guess, what, what they've put through into the game, the men, mm-hmm. and they need to go, okay, that's okay. We'll give you some to grow your game quicker. That's that's Whether that'll happen, I don't know, but that's what needs to happen. Happy with that? Happy with that. Nathan West Hotels and Rolls. <laughs> I <laughs> like the stuff. Uh, okay, something the typical footy nuffy would know nothing about is the hotel slash sleeping arrangement for players and staff for away trips. Um, only highlighted with the challenges West Coast would have faced attempting to keep their available men healthy this week. Can you give us some insight? Um, let's Before we move on to the role part, why don't you talk about away accommodation, that uh, sort of thing? Pretty much for my whole career, you get one room, mm-hmm. one person. A lot of teams throughout my career that weren't regular interstate travellers would do two players, one room. And right. so West so Coast... Melbournes and stuff. Yeah, but West Coast... Well, like Collingwood. Yep. That, but West Coast, because we're travelling so much, it, it, like you need your own space. Yep. You can't be on. It's not a road trip. It becomes a part of the schedule. It's not just a road trip. You get to do whatever you like. So they they made that was pretty much my whole career. Um, you stay on WA time zones when you. When no, you it it differed, man. Okay. Like I, I interviewed um, Jack Higgins after the game, St Kilda, who said he was up to one AM Perth time. I'm pretty sure. Um, before oh. the Freo game. He kicked four and literally beat you single-handedly, Charlie. <laughs> so uh, sleep's an issue. Sleep's a really big issue when you're travelling because, as anyone know, you go through time zones and it's difficult to know what's going on. So I went through stages in my career where I'd go to bed really early. I went through stages I'd go to bed really late. Sometimes I'd set my phone to Melbourne time, Perth time. I don't think I ever hit the right answer either. Okay. There we go. So now let's move on to roles. Yes. Uh, which is R O L L S. Um, also, people talk about their best Conti role, Ooh. but for the best schnitzel role, try Akari Butcher. Um, I hope I'm saying that right. Akari Butcher, Wednesdays and Fridays only. Ooh. They also do a Conti role every day, almost as good. Pretty sure Willingham knows what I'm talking about. We'll ask him about that. All right, Akari Butcher. Cheers. That's great. Um, the restore Conti roles undefeated. Well, well. Should we maybe we should do a little? Maybe should do a Conti roll off. <laughs> little Conti roll off. Let's do it. Uh, that's very good. Thank you, Nathan. Enjoy that a lot. Uh, that's about it for this little segment. Right next, though, mm-hmm. got a special little derby edition. Little derby edition. Mm. 
Michael Barlow, Sherrod Wellingham, their thoughts on the Derby. It's bloody Derby week, people. Get around it. Listen up. All right, it is Derby week, Freo v West Coast, and it would be oh, it would be a little poor by us just showing West Coast side of the story. So mm. I thought, why not get one of the greatest of all time to ever do it for Fremantle in Michael Barlow on the show. G'day, Mick. Scoey, Dan. Um, no, thanks for the intro. Uh, the greatest of all time to do it for Freo. I made I made the team of 25 in 25 years. Yes. And now that Andrew Brayshaw has burst onto the scene, Caleb Sarong, uh, a few others have taken my spot, so I've drifted out of that side pretty quickly. So maybe the top 40. I'm still in the 40-man squad, potentially. Yeah, well, I didn't say greatest. I said one of the greatest. <laughs> you can, you can <laughs> wait for the 50-year um, the anniversary team where they do the top 50. You can sneak into that. Now, I'm, I'm, hoping, I'm hoping, guys, that there's a few more to come through the, uh, the corridors down there at the Coburn base in the next 25 years, and hopefully... A bit of team success wouldn't go astray either. Fremantle fans will want to hear the full Michael Barlow episode. Now, we will say we're not going to sit down fully with Mick. He's the coach of the uh, Werribee team in the VFL. The Werribee Tigers? Am I making that we up? Are, no, no, we are the Werribee Tigers. And um, I've, I'm here at the office, and you guys said my background was boring and bland, so I went and found some greenery. <laughs> I've, I've perched it up. Very I'm good. at the bar. It's not, not open yet. It's quite early in the morning, so... Um, now all good to go, guys. Yeah, coaching a bit of coaching, a bit of freelance media, and uh, life is life is good. Life's so good. We're going to keep the schedule. Just going to give him a bit of a fifteen minute chat on the derby, and then we're going to do a full round with him. Dan, you happy? Another with that? time, yes, please. I know Charlie will be very excited. Now, Mick, let's get right into the derby side of things. Ooh. Do you remember your first derby? Do you remember playing in your first one? I do. I think it was game six. And if we fast forward four quarters, I walked off with a Ross Glendening medal as well around the neck, Scoey. So it's a, it didn't. It, it was. I felt a lot more comfortable at the end of the end of the four quarters than I did at the start because I ran out. And uh, interested to hear your your take um, of your first derby. But mine was mine was an away derby. So the away derby, you know, is a bit daunting. You run out in the white white kit. Everything's a bit different. Um, none of your sponsored. Banners are on the on the fence line or anything. The uh, PA system was playing SGIO, Go Eagles Go. SGIO, Go Eagles Go. To this day, that was I was twenty one years old or twenty two years old, and that was the that was the scaredest I've ever felt in my life. I felt like this cauldron of this insurance company was going to just swallow me whole and pitch me out of the Subiaco Oval, but composed myself, got into the game. Uh, I think we won quite comfortably in the end, but um, that was my overwhelming uh, memory of my first derby. The the running out and the daunting feeling, seeing Nick Nat in, in the flesh for the first time. He was only a young man. He would have only been 19 or 20, but he was going through the uh, through the roof or, or right up to the ceiling. And Dean Cox was an imposing figure. And uh, yeah, daunting, daunting first experience and, and then grew into them after that. Can't have been that daunting. You won the best on ground medal. <laughs> I felt like I was uh, um, pretty lucky to get that, to be honest, Scully. I don't think I had a, had a terrific game, but I was um, I think I was the flavour of the month in the first uh, month and a half of my footy career. So I think uh, I might have pinched that one off some, some others that were a bit more handy than me on the day. There mustn't be many people that have done that first derby 
And that would be an interesting stat. Charlie? Yeah, we're going to have listen. to get Charlie. I hope you're writing those down, Charlie. <laughs> um, who was well, your... There's, there's definitely one, whoever played in the first derby and got the first medal. <laughs> yeah, that was very good. Very good. <laughs> okay, Mick. Right. Okay, so you, you talked about facing up against Nick Nat, Dean Cox was imposing. Mm. Who, was, who was the one that you just hated seeing the most? Because obviously a, a, a pretty gnarly rivalry between the two clubs. Mm. Who's the face you just wanted to, you know... Smash. Yeah, yeah, really get in there and, and muzzle. I'm a lover, not a fighter, but I do a lot of work with him nowadays. But Andrew Embley, he was a prick. He was a, he was a fair dinkum and still is, to be fair. He, um, I'd heard all the stories, you know, that his nickname was Whack and that he was uh, loose as a goose. Uh, he genuinely hated Frio. And, and I think he genuinely hated whoever he played against. And I remember one derby from memory again, I think we were going pretty well and we were up late in the game. and. Um, it was late in the game and the emotion was getting the better of Andrew and he was late to a contest. He might have clipped Clancy Pierce behind the play and I wasn't too far away from it. And it was a dirty act. It was... It was he might was, have. He might have it, and it was a dirty act. Yeah. <laughs> it was below uh, below surface level what he just did to, to poor old Clancy Pierce, who's now gone into the um, Australian Federal Police Force, I reckon. Clancy wow. Pierce. So what's, what's your back, Enders? What's your back? Uh, that's, that was one person that... I uh, couldn't, couldn't really cop. Um, I love Mark McRae. I love everything, he, love everything he does. Love the way he played. A handsome man. I always think he had a bit of a chip on his shoulder and despised Frio. And now he works for Frio. Um, <laughs> yeah. Here's one for you. I'll, I'll never forget this. When He's... you guys won the premiership 2018. Yeah. 2018. I'll tell you this. I'm sorry to jump in, but uh. Uh, I used to live with your, your last guest, Ryan Davis, on the Gold Coast. And... Um, Gold Coast never really played in September, so we were out and out and about and doing some stuff and enjoying ourselves. I think we were celebrating uh, the 2018 Premiership like you guys would have been, but we were in the Gold Coast, and we thought we'd FaceTime you from memory. I'm not yeah. sure if you can recall this, but... I don't. <laughs> oh, no. Da- Davis FaceTimed you, and we were at the Star Casino in, uh, on the Gold Coast in Broadbeach. And I threw me melon in there. I was half, half, half an eager out of time. I threw me melon in there to say good day to you. And you'd pass the phone on to someone. And I just heard someone say, oh, it's Mick Barlow. And I, I, Mark would cry in the background and say, oh, he's a dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you that happened. So. <laughs> oh, that's good. Oh, that is good. So I did not remember that. That is a very good memory. I, I was tail between the leg stops. So I thought I was... Relatively light. How did you know? <laughs> Look at that. Look, oh, he's a dickhead. Never met him. Oh, he's a dickhead. Oh, that's great. So, okay. So let's move on to your greatest derby memory. Um, was it the – you won three Ross Glendening Allen medals, Allen. didn't you? Yeah. Before Fremantle were acknowledged in the game, I'd won three Ross Glendening medals. And yes. then they thought we'd better, better uh, at least appreciate some of the Fremantle history and include a name that is – Apparent with the Fremantle Dockers, which is Ben Allen, um, the inaugural captain. So they were great memories. Uh, but at the same time, one of the poorest derbies I played, well, no, probably the second poorest derby I played because I got subbed out in a derby. Once. Oh, boy. Oh boy. Dave Alice, is, is, um, he remembers that fondly, to be fair. Yeah, to him, he played quite well, and I played very poorly. Yes. But there was a derby, I reckon it was 2015, uh, the first derby. And we were airborne. We were flying. Zero, uh, we were two and zero and then played the derby round three. And I think we were 10 goals to zip up at, you know, yep. in, in yep. the first 100%, quarter. 100%. If you remember that yep. one. That's 100% right. 
and I thought these guys suck. And you guys ended up going on to the grand final that year, <laughs> and and doing a similar job on us in the second derby for that year. But I'll never forget the yeah the silence of the crowd, that away derby feeling where you've 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 nullified the SGIO <laughs> chant, <laughs> and you're feeling you're feeling good about yourself. Um, I didn't get much of a kick on the day, but it was a feeling that like well we're we are airborne here and, and not much can go wrong. So uh, that was a fairly memorable experience. Do you know that one of those medals, I'm pretty sure we were matched up on each other. I'm, I'm, I, I have, I have a feeling. So we had someone on the, I think Ballas was on the podcast a few weeks back and my, my greatest ever derby was, you know, 22 touches. It was close to the most touches I've ever had in the game. <laughs> I kicked two or three goals, um, had nine hit outs, Basically, I was coming off a forward flank to play third man up in the ruck against Sandy. And I think you were my opposition. And so, look, I've had a great game. We've lost yeah. the game. Well, I didn't see you all game, and I'm pretty sure you were opposed <laughs> to me. And you've won the Roscoe. You've kicked three the other way and had 40. Was it the old, um, was it the old uh, high half forward go up and into the stoppage? Yeah. And that we, we meet each other and we go out opposite Yeah, because I was meant to be sort of playing. You and my, you know, oh, you got to watch Barlow in the stoppage, but, you know, then you've got to go up third man up against Sandy. So I forgot about the Barlow part and just pretty much <laughs> went up in the ruck, tapped it down to you. You got the clearance and went forward. Well, I think I do I do recall, and Ross was a, he was a tough, uh, hard task master, hard, hard task master Ross Lyon. And I think I did win a Rosslyn Denning one day, and I did get a few sprays off him. Um, and so they, they were quite they were quite frequent. But from memory, again, I think I think I got one after. Well, I'm pretty I'm very sure I got one after a derby when I won the medal um, for that for, for that what? exact for that exact point. It was, uh, and I'll try and put on his voice as best I can here. But you know, the, the game finishes and we're out in the ground, and Ross is done it doing his bottle out to the ground, and he's like, Nick. Come over here. I'm like, oh, going pretty well here, but he doesn't look happy. <laughs> and they're probably up there going, um, and the Ross Glendon medalist is, and I'm still in this shooting match with Ross. <laughs> goes, what did I tell you? They're going to go third man up. That's your one job at stoppage. And here's Schofield just going whack. <laughs> so uh, it was, it was, you couldn't win, to be honest, uh, sometimes with Ross and, I've got a few more stories about that. We're going to save we them. Can save that. Yeah, yeah, we can save, save them for that. the, oh, I mean, the full length. Of. How's that? You win the best on ground medal, team wins, and you haven't done a good enough job. Jesus You've got to play your role. Um, how is the derby different to other games you played? Is there, you know, obviously they're sort of marked on your calendars, they're, they're big games, but are you prepping any different? Are you getting angrier than usual? Uh, not so much, Dan. I was early days, yes. I think when you're kind of thrown into the cut and thrust of an AFL career and um, like Will coming over from Victoria and playing in, in WA where it's a two-team town and, and you, you're bigger than you probably should be because you're in a, in a two-team two town. Uh, so people recognise you when, realistically, we should be pushed to the side a little bit for some of these other superstars in the competition. Uh, the difference I found was there were some opportunities, Scully, and I'm sure you cashed in on these as well on like the Friday afternoons to pop in and <laughs> do a quick... Oh, if the ATO is listening, certainly not. No, I've never seen one of those in my life. Yeah, I think this was over seven years ago. So the ATO, <laughs> from my understanding, can't can't hunt you down after the after the seven year uh, cooling period. You sound like an expert. You sound like you know what you're talking about. <laughs> yes, yeah. So there, there's that little bit of difference in the build up in terms of you know this hysteria. I always used to like getting the the West Australian newspaper 
on the on the Sunday or the Saturday or whatever the day of the game was, and just checking where I ranked in the the one to forty four. You know, the most important. <laughs> To, to a to a to a game, I think I was always you know in that sweet spot of about eight to eight to fourteen. Just the not not the top echelon, not down the bottom with um you know the likes of go on uh, you know, Schofield, ooh, Jay Van Berlo and my, oh. all, all my really good mates, the Lee Spur, Spurry. <laughs> I work with him at six PR. I tell him all the time he's a battler. I got a missed call off him just before, and 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 funnily enough, it's Derby Week. That's why we're doing this and. Guarantee you, he's got a couple of checks that might be waiting for us on the way over if we can get there this weekend. <laughs> You're going to fly and fly out before the game on the weekend, Mick. I haven't, been, haven't had the luxury of getting back. And as you know, I love WA to death and um, have fair intention of sometime, sometime down the track maybe reconnecting and getting back because it is the best place, in my opinion, in, in the world. Um, and due to COVID, it's been like this. It's been hard to... Haven't been able to get in. So, That's a big so if, if if the opportunity is afforded to someone else to pay for me to get over Will and Dan, then I will come. Why are you asking us? Yeah. You're right. You're in the wrong spot here, mate. We get paid in whiskey here by Whippersnapper, mate. If you can trade that over with Mark McGowan to get that border up, we will do it. We can send the case down to you. Now, before we let you leave, last one. Um, was there any? Was it more physical? My my experience with derbies. My like you asked what my first memory was. My first memory of a derby I started on a back flank and the ball went up and the, the contest was in front of me and I really remember like I remember playing in that game and it being more physical uh, especially early I know you weren't yeah. like you said you're a lover not a hater you weren't really a niggler you just tried to get the ball and run around and <laughs> stay away from people and get as many touches as you could but just get medals was was there physicality or fights or more angst between teams that you can remember <laughs> There was, especially early in games, wasn't there? There was, like, there was definitely because you knew these guys more, like you knew these this opponent better than you know playing Richmond or Essendon yes. interstate. Like you, you always come up against teams, and you're like, well, they've, they've you know, they surprise you because you've never really met. But you, like I said, two team town, you hear about Luke Shuey all the time, Matt Prittis all the time, Mark Lacroix, who thinks I'm a dickhead all the time. You hear about <laughs> Quentin Lynch who takes his glove off and throws it over his and. Quinton's a big man with big muscles and you don't want to get in his way type of thing. You hear all that and then when you do, especially, as I said, early in your career, when it's that first one, uh, in particular, an away derby, it, yeah, players feed off off the energy of energy of a crowd. So although I, I'll always remember away derbies, in particular early, it, it did feel like you were playing against 19 because um, of the energy of the crowd. So... Yeah, they were different, but then I think, Scott, you'd probably agree that once games get up and going, it's it's like a boxing match. When you watch big boxers fight, they become so exhausted and so in tune, it, it becomes methodical and tactical, and and um, the other side of the other side of a, a football game uh, comes out. I I have got one quick story about my mum who came over. Mum and dad came over on the train. Oh, not on the train. That would have been a fair trip. I came over on the plane. <laughs> I flew in on the plane, uh, away derby, watched the derby, um, jumped on the train. I think they were staying in East Perth or something at the time for the weekend. And mum had a Frio scarf or something on and jumped on the train. We got pumped. Yes. I can't remember which one. It might have been the one where um, somehow Matt Rosa had 40-plus possessions. <laughs> somehow is a very good – yeah, somehow. <laughs> Every time I looked up, Matt Rosa had the ball. 
And Ross Lyon after the game went, Matt Rosa, yeah, you let him beat you. Anyway, <laughs> we, move, we, we, we move on. G'day to uh, former teammate Matt Rosa. Um, yeah, so mum jumped on the train and it was a pro West Coast train and the venom coming in her direction for wearing a Frio scarf was, was quite intense. The venom. <laughs> and mum, mum's, yeah, mum, no longer with us. So um, some fond memories of mum, and this is one of her, her, her greatest traits, was um, her ability, you know, not, not to be backwards in coming forwards. So she was uh, absolutely, I think, uh, matching fire with fire with Very the good. 90% uh, majority of West Coast fans on that train on the way back to um, a, a pub in uh, East Perth. Oh, that's unreal. Mum and Barlow just giving it back on the train. That's a great memory. Well done, mate. Um, yeah, love that a lot, actually. Uh, let's finish on this then. Who wins this week? West Coast, Frio, both teams. Oh, look, both teams as much shambles as each other, I reckon. The, the game on the weekend for Frio was poor. I was there. And West Coast, well, I'm surprised you didn't actually get a call up, Mick. I thought maybe some you know, past <laughs> AFL experience, you might have got a game last week. Mark Lacroix must be on the selection committee somehow still and just said, no, let's <laughs> <Dickhead>. look. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's how are you meant to read or, or do some do some prep in terms of who's going to win this one? I, I think even though West Coast have gone zip and two, they can't be in any worse a shape as they have gone into the year. I, I'm, I'm sensing Adam Simpson would be sitting there really proud of the effort round one against Gold Coast and, and you know, equally with... Um, the waffle substitutes on the weekend, yeah, putting up putting up the fight they did. So it's going to be a, a new look side this week. Early forecast would be what twelve in twelve inclusions into the yep. the best eighteen, so or the best twenty two. Um, whereas Frio, yeah, you don't want to play devil's advocate, but it's, that situation is more likely to come to Frio at some stage with with the the circumstance in in WA. Hopefully, it doesn't, and they can protect protect themselves. Um, from mass outages in terms of health and safety protocols, but without understanding in, in terms of who's going to play this week, if you had both sides' best, you know, makeup of side that's fit and available with COVID pushed to the side, you know, I'd be really confident that Frio um, would be a two or three goal favourite. However, we can't go into these games with any confidence, in particular when Frio were essentially as full strength as they could be. Sean Darcy goes down, he's in trouble. It really does bring it back to a line ball. Uh, and I'll just let my heart do the talking for now, being a Monday, that Fremantle win by six points and Andy Brayshaw will be the difference and win the uh, the best on ground medal. Oh, good. You've read my mind. I wanted the Glendening medalist as well. Um, we, we've got a little partnership here with Blue Bet, uh, Mick, and we put our mm. first multi-bet of the week, uh, of the season on last week, and we won. It got up. What? Huge. I saw that on the uh, your Instagram feed was going bananas. So you're you're bathing in your own bathwater right now. Absolutely. Uh, so we may be entering old Andy back into it because he got us our thirty plus. He had it at half time, pretty much. Andy, very good. Uh, Mick, gonna let you go, mate. No, you're a busy man. Thank you for your time. We're gonna get you on for a full episode because I know you got a lot more to tell about your journey getting picked up as a mature age recruit here to uh, Fremantle, back to Gold Coast. I want to hear what you did there. to Mark Lacroix. <laughs> Mark Lacroix, we'll have him on. You dickhead. You are, someone's got to ask Mark Lacroix. All right, we'll get Lecker on and then you, and then we'll do a split <laughs> one. Um, thank you very much, mate. Good on you guys. Good stuff. Okay, we are here. That was the derby moments, and it doesn't really make much sense why we played the derby moments with this man before we've actually done it, but 
He's here. Cheryl Wellingham. Hello, mate. Hello. Thanks for having me. Thanks for dressing up. Yeah, I know. Straight from work. I was going to duck home, but... Uh, Don't lie. <laughs> some, of us, some of us actually have to work. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> understand we're, we're that. Well, I'm still waiting on my back chat shirt, so... So are you. That's actually good of you to recognise that. I haven't mentioned that this episode. Do you like it? It looks good. I really like it. All right. Well, we might have to produce a few more. Charlie's been doing it on Roaming Charlie. We've sent uh, Charlie out into the um, crowds after the games, the last, first two rounds. Yeah, okay. He's had his back chat shirt on. I'm sure you've seen it across social media. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, man, I've got my finger on the pulse of social media. <laughs> I, I, I think I've done two posts in the last two years. This, this, this happens with most of our guests. So I, I know them, mates with them um, so far. Um, Pav was going to come in over the last couple of weeks. We had, yeah, I wouldn't say I'm mates with Pav, but I know Pav. Know you, know you personally. But then I go away and do a bit of research and I look at your career. I'm like, holy shit. You done you some bad. <laughs> How did you last so long? <laughs> I'm surprised, <laughs> mate. You've had a sick career. You have had a sick career. We're going to go through it. We're going to do a bit of a journey. You were drafted as a rookie in 20. Well, same as me, 2007. Yeah. You were in the rookie draft of my draft. Yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> really? Yeah, <laughs> it's the plebs in the rookie draft. What <laughs> I think about them. I was. Uh, no, yeah, yeah, I was I, surprised to get picked up that year. To be honest. So, what was the story there? Where did you play footy here in WA? Um, so. I didn't play much up until I was about 14 or 15. So um, then started playing school footy. Um, I played like Auskick and and then I got more into surfing and skateboarding and it kind of took a backseat to socialising with my mates. And um, yeah, got really into it at school footy. And um, yeah, then from there went and played Perth Colts. Before we get... Oh, uh, sorry. And then, sorry, (laughs) Perth Colts. Which, Which was actually... Purely by chance, I was playing it at our Bombers down in, which is East Frio zone, but um, Brian Cousins lived around the corner and, and came down and saw us and got us down to Perth Demons. Nice. Before we get too far into footy, we always ask every person oh. we have on. Boy. Now, your greatest sporting achievement can't be on the footy field. We know, we, we know you've won a premiership with the Pies. Mm-hmm. We know you've played in grand finals at Who AFL hasn't level? won a premiership with the Pies? There's that many people. <laughs> <laughs> but Not the last off the years. footy field... Okay, you started playing footy 14-ish, Auskick. What, what team was Auskick? Uh, South Perth Stingrays. South Perth Stingrays. I was a cool bomber. Yeah, That's okay. fine. Um, greatest sporting achievement not in the footy field. Oh. What was yours again? My, well, I've had a few, mate. I'll tell you what. I had an under-nine state champion, 80-metre hurdles. Um, big day for the Schofields that day. It was uh, impressive oh, stuff, was it only 80 metres? Oh, so you're under-nine. Yeah, under nines. Yeah, okay. yeah under nines. Couldn't run um, the full one. No, I mean, I was state champion. You state champion in anything, mate? Uh, no, I'm not. Definitely not. <laughs> uh, Dan, Dan, oh, I'm sure you've seen the trophy over Dan's shoulder over there. Uh, five for 16. In a grand final. Um, that's the ball as well. Who are you playing for? Stuart Hill Lions. One of the best clubs in Perth. What age group? Under 12s. Very nice. good. Well, so we've had some Okay, like so that. I think mine would... It springs to mind, but it was a, it's a bit of a strange one. But I, um, I did really well in a skateboarding competition down in Margaret River, which was, I was so stoked with it. And um, yeah, I went away with best trick in the competition. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that Do you get a medal, a trophy? Or I got a skateboard. Hey, strong. <laughs> What's the trick? Uh, blindside heel flip across like a quarter bank. Are you impressed with <laughs> that? That's big. I don't know yeah, what that yeah, means. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Yeah, very, very good. good. I, would have owned, I would have only been 13, yeah, 13 or 14. What were you doing playing footy, mate? You should have been <laughs> on Tony Hawk skateboarding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's why I didn't play footy for a couple of years because I, I cracked both of my um, growth plates in my knees. So when I was 14, I did nothing for a year because I had surgery on, on both my knees. 
Just make sure you got Sharrod's levels nice and high, please, Charlie, because he's a softly spoken man compared to me. I'm a yeller. Sharrod's <laughs> just a lover over here. So you drafted in 2007. Um, you don't play in your first year in 2007 as a rookie. You do get elevated. You got to, mighty close. You got elevated to the senior list, but then didn't play. Which yeah, I, I got really close on the Anzac Day in my first year. I think there may have been a couple of injuries or something, and um, Mick Mick called me in his office and was like, "You're a chance to play this week," and it was a really short turnaround. I think I think it may have been like a less five four day or, or five day. It would have been like a Wednesday game or something. Like yeah, that. Yep. and um, which was rare back in those days. Yeah, and and so. I just think maybe someone got up and I, I, I missed out and then um, obviously just teetered off there for the rest of the year. Well, you, well, you <laughs> Running around down at Williamstown. Well, you, okay, so you finish your first year, you're back in the rookie list, um, you start 2008 and, and I will know this, but hopefully you, this will come to fruition as we keep chatting. In true Sharrod form, you changed numbers from 41 <laughs> to 21 without a game to your name. Yeah, so what that gave was, you that right? So that was one you're thing. You're a rookie. Mick, Mick said... Um, we're not going to be able to elevate you up onto the list, but to show that we've got a lot of confidence in you and we want to have you on the team, um, we'll give you an upgraded number. Really? Yeah. A bit of which currency. Was, which was pretty cool, and I thought, beautiful. I'll yeah, go to the 21. Right. Why'd you pick 41 in the first place? I didn't. That was what I was given right. when I got there. Um, it's a good number. Yeah, I didn't mind it. Maxie had it as well, who I was living with at that stage, Nick Maxwell. And so, um, yeah. And Harry O'Brien did, who was living in the same house as well. I think oh. they were all 41. So it was just whoever lived in that house got given the 41. That was the placeholder until you were upgraded to another number. Yeah, Sorry, I, sure. just can't, I couldn't quite get Sharrod in my headphones there, That's so fine. I'm changing him around. Um, <coughs> I, I actually shocked that they go... Yeah, anyway. Okay, you move, move him up from 21 to 21. Very good. So good young up-and-coming rookie. We'll give him a good number. Yeah, I mean, I just haven't heard that before. <laughs> that's, like, that's good. 21's a good number too. Yeah, I was stoked. I like 21. Yeah. So what what about Collingwood fans then? You, you know, you've played in front of West Coast fans later in your career and Collingwood fans. What was your relationship with them? Uh, maybe not at that stage of your career, but throughout your career, the the, the Magpie Army. The Magpie Army is honestly passionate and, and loving. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm more so surprised where the Collingwood fans just come out of the woodwork. Like I was at a function last week and this guy's in WA and he's like, Mate, I'm a massive Pies fan. And he's like, you know, it's just someone who I'm sitting at a restaurant with in, in, in um, Swanbourne. And they just come out of the woodwork. They're very hidden across uh, even WA. Um, but when they come up to you and, and let you know that they're a Pies fan, they're, uh, they're usually very passionate. And it's always a family connection, I find, with, uh, with the Pies. Everyone's like, oh, why do, why do you go for the Pies? And it's like, oh, my uncle, um, you know, was a, he played in the VFL and played a little bit of footy for the Pies and then... Uh, I just ended up following my uncle, but it's always a it's always a long winded journey to uh, becoming a Pies um, fan. The Magpies, mm. I, I I just they just used to hate me, Collingwood fans. <laughs> like my whole career hated me, just like and angry. What is it about the Collingwood fans that like they seem to ca- get a bad rap? But oh, they're a bit, you know, they can come off a little bit rough. They're passionate. It's the same. I mean, Will, you grew up in Melbourne, and you know the Geelong, mate. Yeah, Geelong. exactly. So it's a it's a different. Football, it's it's you know it's religion over there, so they're they're a lot more passionate. And then when you mix that in with the Collingwood blue collar, hardworking, um, I suppose suburb that it's known to be, you're going to have a few rough edges. I find that about the waffle crowd as well. They're bloody passionate, but like they're a bit. Some of them are a bit rough. Yeah, in these sort of suburbs, but that's just because they just love the team a lot. Like 
when did the AFL spread into WA? Was it late 89, 88, 89? Well, West, West Coast, Coast was the nine, first same, yeah, 87, 87, right? 87, 87. So like, they would have had tens of thousands going to the games before that, wouldn't they? True. Yep. And those guys, just, that's why it's all the old people are still going down. So it's just twiddled down to two or 3,000. Now, I don't really want to get Probably much into the, I don't want to get into the details of this, to be honest, but I would like to know how you handled it personally and how it affected you as a player and as a person. Yeah, or involved in an incident where Collingwood <laughs> lost their sponsorship. The TAC Cup, uh, the TAC sponsorship was the uh, effectively safe driving. Yep. Jared got done drink driving. Yep. Um, again, I don't really want to know about the incident, but how, how did it affect you and 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 your footy and you personally and you mentally? Because it would have been a lot of pressure for a young kid. Yeah, it was. It was a really scary experience, to be honest. I think um, I didn't understand the magnitude of the whole situation when it when it kind of happened and I walked into the club on the Monday morning and kind of nonchalantly uh, mentioned it to Simon Lloyd who was our kind of player welfare guy at that stage at the club and um, I remember sitting in his office and he's kind of just gone oh no the white the white yeah, eyes looking at you like what? Yeah, what? What? Um, I'll, I will put a footnote on it. I was a straw that broke the camel's back. Right, we had a couple of prior That's right. incidents. That's right. Um, there was there was it was like Tenor hooks the relationship. Yeah, exactly right. And um, yeah, third strike, we were out. And so, right. um, you know, yeah, there, I felt horrible on a, you know, on a completely, I took ownership of it, but I had no idea of the magnitude of it. Like there were two or three people who were employed at the club to kind of be there purely for that role. And they had to be moved on. And obviously the huge financial um, part of it being, I think it was three hundred fifty or five hundred thousand dollars a year that the club brought in from that TAC sponsorship. So I went into a shell pretty much. I just went. I remember um, I was living with Nick Maxwell at the stage, and he was really supportive. But um, I just remember kind of hiding in my room for a few days and not really wanting to do anything, and no doubt. not wanting to see anybody or talk to anybody. Copping one of the all-time one of the best sprays I've ever copped wasn't wasn't from Mick. It was from Eddie Maguire. <laughs> like <clears throat> I, I still remember it quite clearly. He just come back from a holiday. It was obviously middle of summer, probably up in Noosa, and he's come back and he was burnt. Like he was red, <laughs> and he was wearing this pink blazer. And like his skin, as he as he was yelling at me, I was like, "Mate, your skin looks exact same <laughs> color as your jumper, <laughs> <laughs> as your jacket." <laughs> and I'm copping this spray. And then he's just gone, get the, can I swear? Yeah. <laughs> get the fuck out of the office. And then he's called me back in and he's obviously calmed down. They've come to a conclusion and, you know, it was the arm around the shoulder at that stage and it was, we're going to be there for you. You're going to have to front the media and, and go through all of the, you know, process of what you need to do now. Apologise for what you've done. And and from then on, I, um, I, had uh, a, f- a few kind of rules that were put in place. I wasn't allowed to go out and, and drink for that year. But in saying that, I am probably pretty grateful that they put these um, those rules in place because I, I put my head down and I think it was round four, round five that year, I managed to get on the board and play my first game. Yeah, so that's what I was thinking. It's, can you look back on it? You know, it's a long time ago now. It's you know, almost 15 years ago. Can you look back at it as a positive thing for your footy and, and yeah, life I and think dealing, it, dealing with things that have gone on, you know, when you're at fault, taking ownership and responsibility? and Yeah, absolutely. I think um, – I don't know if I wouldn't have focused so hard on um, repaying the club. I, you know, it wasn't like I 
I felt like I had to repay them because of that. Because when you're playing footy, you need, that's not what you're thinking about. You're thinking about just getting better and, and winning fo- games of football. But there was always something there. It was like, I fucked up. I better make sure I do something with um, yeah. do something with myself. Um, so this is probably a dumb question, but I'll ask it anyway. No dumb questions. Couldn't Is there an element where you could have just paid a fine and it never be spoken about, don't bring it up with the club? Like, or does it get... Like, why does the... How does that process even work? Um, the media. The media, yeah, it's, it was... People know. It was, it was a list out. Of yeah, right. It was out. And that just gets out. <coughs> right. There'd be... There'd be no I, think the, I think Eddie was like, uh, you know, we get told about this kind of stuff. Like, even if you hadn't have told us, I think it was good that I did tell them. But if I had have tried to hide it, they would have found out anyway. Hmm. Becomes a worse situation if you don't yep. fess up. Always to, tell us if you stuff yep. up. That's pretty much at Clubland, the, the message, like... You're not going to be able to hide anything. Yeah. Well, like it, speeding fine? It's, yeah. Uh, if it's like... If you're doing 120 in a 60 yeah, zone, yeah. Yeah, they'll find yeah, out. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. But don't... No, like, if you lose your license for accumulating, you know, demerit points, that doesn't really matter. The, the clubs yeah. want to be able to get in front of things. So if they hear about it late or they don't hear about it at all, and then the first thing they hear about it is from the media, yeah. you're going to be in a lot worse position than if you just sit down and go, this is what's happened. Yep. I've stuffed up. Yeah. Let's do These are it. the circumstances, and you can't often, control. Yeah. They're, they're going to be the same. You're going to be the same repercussions either way. Like you've done it, so yeah, yeah. yeah. You got to you got to just have up. So moving to footy, mm. that you know, four or five weeks into that season, so that happens in that preseason, yeah. And then you debut, not just a normal game. You debut in, on an Anzac day. Yeah, Mick loved throwing people in the deep end. Um, loved putting people on the big occasion. Like Friday night footy, he loved it. It was it was it was. It was definitely something that, in his mind, um, tested the players and made him aware of how they would stand and um, be able to withstand big games. Um, so I think there was 97-odd thousand people at my debut, which was, like, insane. Um, I remember walking out onto the stadium next to Josh Fraser, going out and just, like, I was just smiling. I was just like, <laughs> this is crazy. About to go through the banner, Collingwood game, like... You know, it doesn't get much better than that at G, um, Anzac Day game. So, going through, about to walk through the banner, and Georgie Fraser just goes, mate, switch on. Because <laughs> I just want to look like a, a child. Like, deer just the deer in the headlights. Like, just like now, like, just smiling, looking around. But yeah, it was incredible. And I think, um, Shawnee, I mean, like, <laughs> I got uh, got dropped the following week for Scotty Burns, but <laughs> he came back into the midfield. He was an amazing player, but um, he coached you at West Coast. He coached us at West Coast, yeah. um, but he came back into the side, so I, I missed the following week. But I think that year I'm you know managed to stay in for ten or twelve games. So yeah, played twelve games in your first year for for someone who plays for what, like a big club in Melbourne, like Collingwood. Like you almost get spoilt because you get these Friday night games when there's massive, massive crowds. Is that ever a thing that wears off? Because, you know, these smaller clubs, even like, you know, West Coast get 60K to a home game if it's like a sellout or yeah. something. But yeah. that's different to 90. And you and not that you're getting that every game, but I don't know, Collingwood is one of those teams that get these big crowds. Is that, I take it for granted at all? I don't know if you take it for granted, but you, you become accustomed to it. Like mm. I remember the first time going back and playing at like a really packed stadium at the G it's a different feel like the energy in the stadium is completely just it's like it's a 
Coliseum. It's it's, and I, I didn't get to play it Optus, but apparently that's what it's like yeah. out there as well because the stadium's so like on top of you. Mm. Um, you don't get, you don't take it for granted, but you just kind of get used to it, and you d- it doesn't have as big of an effect on on your performance each each week. I think um, it's just when you put your when that you way. Look it down. Um, yeah, like these ones. Um, yeah, that's what Optus is like. It's that it's that Coliseum feel that the, it matches the MCG. Yeah, it's just it actually doesn't seem like it's smaller. Like the MCG doesn't seem that much bigger. It feels like pretty. I've I've walked down onto the ground and it has that same kind of feel. It's like the big not fishbowl, but like it's it's all the same level. There's yeah. no like stands up and down like there yeah. is at Adelaide Oval. <coughs> or a lot of grounds around the the, the Australia. It, there's yeah, you know, can you hear bark? It's up and down, up and down. Whereas yeah. Optus and MCG, it's just one level. Telstra even Dome's, SCG, like Telstra, it's yeah. really gappy. Telstra um, Dome's weird. Like, yeah, that doesn't feel like anything. Yeah, it's weird. Um, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, so that that happens in two thousand and so <laughs> seven. You don't play a game. Eight, you play some games. Nine, you cement yourself in the team. And two thousand and ten, um, the club plays in a grand final. Mm. Two of them actually. <laughs> two of them, yeah. Um, <laughs> and you're a big part of the midfield four line. Um, fifth Beetle, mate. That was my nickname. Yeah. What was it? <laughs> fifth Beetle. Fifth Beetle. So you were like the, like the high half forward that came in the stoppage? No, I was the one no one knew who he was. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I remember Mick, Mick would on, like, he wouldn't say it every week, but, you know, I'd get I'd go about there doing my thing and not get too much, garner too much attention and I'd just always get referred to as the fifth Beetle. Who were the other four? Pendlebury, Swan, Ball, um, oh, yeah. Daisy Thomas had an amazing ten. Yes, um, so I was probably the sixth or seventh beetle, really. But <laughs> <laughs> so, two thousand and ten, you play in a grand final against St Kilda. Um, you've played a whole year. You prepare for that. That's your first grand final at AFL level. What's that experience like? This is, uh, this is before you know you're playing in a second grand final. Yeah, I mean, I reckon, I reckon I handled the. F- 10 grand final better than I did the 15 grand final when we played. Mm. Um, late, obviously a lot later in my career. Um, and I reckon I was more nervous for that one than I was in 10. Whereas 10, we were just on such a roll and it was, we were a young side. I think we were the youngest grand final side in decades. Oh. And we just, we were bouncing off the walls. Like we went in there full of beans and um, I don't remember, I don't remember feeling overly nervous I just remember getting hassled for tickets. <laughs> like, I mean, up at 11 o'clock the night before the game, like still trying to organise tickets. And Was that the same for 15? No, nah, I was like, shut off, phone <laughs> off. <laughs> if it's not done now, it's not getting done. Um, but yeah, I think the, yeah, I don't know. I think the way we just rolled into the game, we were on like just a steam train. And then we played pretty badly, actually. Right. But we went off the ground and we're like, Jeez, we escaped that one. Well, before you get off the ground, for people that don't listening that I've referred to, he played in two grand finals. The 2010 grand final is drawn. What? <laughs> yeah, we were lucky to sneak away with a draw. What, what's the feeling though? When the siren goes, you've played in the grand final, you've gone through all that preparation, you know that's your last game. Like everyone who plays in grand finals, that, you know, leave yeah. everything out there. Yeah. What happens when the siren goes? What's the feeling? Yeah, it was it was an odd one because a lot of guys didn't actually know what was going to happen um, because it's not really something you think about and you don't get told. You know, there's no contingency yeah. plan no. for it when, you, when hey you're boys, in preparation for in it. Just in case draw. you draw, <laughs> this is what's going to happen. And I was actually involved in the last stoppage and um, I remember tackling Del Santo and I was laying on top of him as the siren went. And I remember just going, 
what do we do now? <laughs> Saying that? And he, yeah. And he was like, I don't know. And then we were just kind of all laying around on the grass. Um, Maxie got up really quick and started walking around. And he was like, what are we doing? Extra time? What's the go? He had no idea. And I just remember Demetrio walking out onto the ground. And he's just like, you could almost see the dollar signs in his eyes. <laughs> so, he was happy? He was happy. He was happy. And um, great contest, boys! Yeah, you'll be back next week, and that, yeah, we we found out that we'd be coming back the following week, and we were. It was a really odd situation. The change rooms flooded, so we couldn't go back into our own change rooms after the game either. Oh. So <laughs> the toilets flooded. Oh, oh my gosh! <laughs> so we've gone into the old Richmond change rooms on the other side of the ground. I don't know if you've ever did you ever no. go in them? No. So it was like you know really old school change rooms, and we were in there, Mick and. Um, Eddie and um, I think it was Greg Swan who was CEO at that stage. They're all kind of you know congregating in the corner discussing, and then Mick just turned around and said, "All right, we still went and did our post game um, dinner at the Crown or the Exhibition Centre where we did, did it. You? Sat around and so that's the that's yeah. the family, family friends dinner. and family <laughs> one that everyone's paid a bunch of money to go to. Yeah, we still went and did that. And um, what what was talked about? Like how Mick, that Mick made a, I remember Mick made a really good speech just about. Um, you know, overcoming adversity and, and making sure that we all prepared the same way we did this week. And it was just a matter of get, enjoying being around our family because everyone, our family and friends, everyone had made the journey to be there. And, um, like, because that, that could have been the, the, the tipping point, right? Because, like, both teams would have to do the same thing and yeah. play again. It would have been how you reacted and yeah, yeah. that first 24, 48 hours, how you actually treated And we it. just went, all right, we just need to recover. And we're, you know, a younger. We, we were like, we're a better team, than especially the way we played. Yeah. We just knew if we get out there, we're going to flog them. Did, um, was there any – can you remember <coughs> Can you remember any changes from week to week? Presti a change? Um, or, or did he miss out? Or he missed out the uh, first one and was – Leon missed Leon, out again. Yeah. Um, Leon Davis. Leon Davis missed out, which is heartbreaking because he had an amazing year. I think he may have been All-Australian that yep. year. Um, he had an incredible year. Um, and then Tyson Goldsack came in. Right. So that, I think that was so, the only so change. Tyson Goldsack played in that premiership? In the premiership, uh. in the second game. Didn't play the uh. first game, uh. um, which is pretty crazy. I think Presty ruled himself out prior to the first grand final, potentially. So some of the some of the memories and highlights that I remember, like um, Heath Shaw smothering Rewalt. Yeah, was that the first one or the second one? That was the second one. Was yeah, so that, that the second one? That was the second one. Yeah, so that, that's ah. what I was kind of like thinking about. I think that was going to be their first goal because, and we had yeah, six early. or eight goals on the board already. Like we just went bang, and it was going to be their first goal for the game, and we were like, uh, uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, well, I remember. Um, I remember um, Nick Maxwell after the first game doing the post game, and you could tell he was like. Had no idea what was going on. Yeah, he was like, oh, "This is." He, I remember. I think he said something like, "This is stupid. We should just be yeah. playing now." And which is a rule now. That, that there's never going to be another draw. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. I actually, I was stoked for it because I. Um, so every year, me and my friends get together for a big grand final party. It's probably one of my favorite days of the year. Um, that morning I woke up with the puffiest eyes you've ever seen. I must have had pink eye or something. I have oh no idea. <laughs> oh wow! And my <laughs> eyes were like. Like closed, I couldn't open them, and I just Master. remember thinking, like, <laughs> I just remember thinking, this is the worst. I can't go to this grand final party, so I sat at home and I watched it all by myself. 
and then found oh, that's out. depressing. Why yeah. did you do that? Because I had you do the weirdest I shit. Open my, I couldn't open my eyes properly. I didn't want to give like get some eye drops. <laughs> I couldn't give conjunctivitis to other people. It's highly contagious. No, no. Like you know what I mean? Like conjunctivitis. That's nothing on COVID. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably worse. And then all my friends got together the, the next week, week, and I was there. It was yeah. great. Yeah. I was so stoked. I was in Vegas. I was, oh, I, really? was on a, I was on a table. And I, and I was I honestly wasn't paying much attention to it, and I kind of I like could see the sport, and I was like they had it on a screen. We were there because we could kind of see it, and I was sort of sick of it. Like you guys were playing like shit. I was like, this is stupid. I'm not watching. And I remember like literally just looking over my shoulder and seeing everyone laid out across the ground, like <laughs> going to a couple of other like what the fuck's going? What's happened here? Yeah, like, no. It's a draw. It's a draw. It was crazy. It was nuts. And yeah. I think um, uh, other memories. Is this in the first or the second? The Bill Bounce. No. Uh, well, when, when what? that was the first. First, and so he, I don't know what the hell he was thinking. If he had, a just, I've seen that in slow mo a few times the last week or so. If he had have gone a bit harder at the line and the, the way it was bouncing, like he could have gathered it. But yeah, um, you were involved in one, and I've spoken to you about it before. I reckon it must have been the first because it was a close game, so it was the first. Uh, St. Kilda get a free kick. It was either out in the full or a free kick just outside 60, outside their defensive, like maybe 60 metres out. Sharrod's got the ball. Give the ball back to St. Kilda player. He goes to throw it, but oh has a brain fade or or it gets stuck in the hand or you can tell me what happened. Yeah. And it, it comes out and it goes just straight up in the air and it lands in between the player and Sharrod. Like, does not go straight. To, it should have been a 50-meter penalty. No, it was a, it it was an honest mistake, though. I, it like, doesn't matter. It, it, it does, and even the umpire said oh, he didn't mean to do that. So I've gone to throw it, and it's like just slipped on the, either the way back or on the way through, but I was clearly trying to throw it to him. It's a horrid moment because I can see... <laughs> and I've, the, the I've like there. lunged yeah. after the ball as it's come the out of my hands. The colour comes out of you. <laughs> <laughs> trying to fish for it. But yeah, I remember thinking, that was in oh the my first. God. I think that was the first, yeah. Who wins the Norm Smith in both? Uh, Lenny Hayes in the first yep. and Scott Pendlebury in the second. Yep. Yeah. And you win I think f- Pendle's played really well in both and he was really sick, I think. So you come back the next week, you you play better than them, you win by 45 points or yeah. so. You, you win by a fair margin, you win a flag. What's that like? How old were you when you won it? I would have been 21 or 22. Wow. Um, so, you know, really, really young. Um, <laughs> but... In what you're saying about the fact that you got to party with your mates because it was the following week, we all had our end of season trips booked. Yeah. So, and back then it was like you couldn't stay, well, it's even stricter now. You can't be held back at the club past a certain date for an event or something. And so Collingwood always had their BNF on the Friday following the grand final which obviously we couldn't do because it was a night before the grand final. <laughs> and, so, and so we ended up postponing that till halfway through pre-season. But by the Wednesday after um, the granny, everyone was kind of gone from town because oh. it was obviously eight, that would have been eight days post the granny. Oh, and everyone was going to... Everyone wherever. was going off, off on their trips. Huh. So we only had that kind of two or three days really together, but they were good fun, but you know. <laughs> no doubt. Um, it would have been great to have a solid, you know, ten days of celebrating. I remember the, um, like the not in parade. We didn't have a parade, but like you know, where you go to the ground and and you the, should, the, the, the next the, day, yeah, and cup presentation to the yeah, fans. That was incredible. Um, was that at the G or was that at um? That was at Gosh's Paddock. Yeah. Um, and I I was very drunk still, but <laughs> I remember being up there and just you know the seas of, sea of you know 
black 10, and 20, white. 20,000 people. And it would be black and white. Black and white. Crazy. It was incredible. Incredible. So 2011, so after that, 2011, you're minor premiers. So you're still going well. Yeah. Made the grand final. Down we had a better year, 2011. Yeah. We lost three games, all of them to Geelong. Really? Two in season, one in the grand final. So you're Only down, team that beat us for that year. You're down by seven points at three-quarter time. You you would have had, I, I, I know the mindset without even knowing the answer, you would have had extreme confidence that you'd beat them still, yeah. right? Except Tommy Hawkins was playing on Ben Reid. <laughs> <laughs> tell me that story because we've had Hawkins on this podcast and I asked him about this. Tell really? me tell me what... What did he what, say? What, what, no, but what was Heath Shaw... Uh, sorry, Reece, Heath Shaw? Heath Shaw. Heath Shaw. Uh, Post-game Mad Monday. What was his reaction with Ben Reid's performance on Tom Hawkins? Let's just... <laughs> he would be walking up to Benny Reid mocking, taking marks and just running up behind him taking hangers going, Tommy Hawkins! <laughs> <laughs> Coming back from the bar with a couple of beers. Hawkins! Hawkins! <laughs> oh, Benny a took a... Who's just lost the premiership <laughs> yeah. grand final. Yeah. We probably would have won if Pods Adley didn't get injured because they changed a few things up and... Does just any regrets from that? Losing grand final? Do you think back on that, you know, what, what could have been or happy that you won 2010 or what's... The, I think that one stings because we were... Um, yeah, we were cherry ripe to be a good team for two or three years. Yeah. Um, all those older guys were <laughs> like just prime time. Yeah. And so to kind of let that one slip is pretty, pretty annoying. Yes. More so because it was three games lost to the same team for yes. the whole year. What was it about Geelong? Like, was it a? It's because we flogged them in the prelim the year before, and they've got a they've got a good memory. Mm. They're a team that kind of memory bank stuff better than most, I reckon. Yeah. Hawthorne were a bit like that, I reckon. Yeah. And when in that in that three peat, they had some teams that they didn't lose didn't, to. Didn't lose to. Yeah. Yeah, like Geelong, right? Yeah. Um couple more moments in your career. Uh Malthouse v Buckley. You played under both of those? You played under Buckley for one year? Yep. Malthouse. Played with Buckley. Bucks as well, one year. Wow. So I actually had a good relationship with him as a guy. Huh. As a as a teammate and as a mate. Yeah. And get along well with him still, but when he came into the club... Would have been hard with the handover. That yeah, it was an odd situation. Um, we all still wanted Mick to coach at that stage, um, but understood that the club Cause, was cause taking its path that it wanted to. Because 10, you win a flag. 11, you, you're within a quarter of winning a flag. And then 12, 12... bucks takes over. 12 bucks takes over. Yeah. So we're going grand final, grand final, new coach. Yeah, which is tough because yeah. everyone got along really well with Mick. He was... Coaching really well at that stage still. The game plan we had, we thought was really good. Um, but Bucks came in and was, was a good coach, um, but very different. Um, he, was yeah. a, he was that modern style coach, yeah. um, whereas Mick was pretty old school. Mm. What and was that like having someone you played with now, the head guy? Yeah, it was a bit strange. You had to kind of differentiate between, you know, him being Bucks or coach or Nathan. Nathan yeah or Nathan <laughs> Mr. Buckley, uh, Mr. Buckley. <laughs> <laughs> Can I have a game please Nathan <laughs> but in saying that like he he was he was a good coach um to, when he finished up I reckon um at Collingwood I think he turned into a really good coach um he certainly seemed like it from externally you don't you don't know yeah. when you're not in the building but his messaging and the way he clearly thinks about things and now he's in the media like I think he grew could, a lot as a person as yeah, well he looked like he because he, he, he came into the club he was still he was still be the like, best like yeah, me. Because he, oh, he coached player. the way he played. And yeah. the way he played was to get 
every little bit out of himself and anyone who didn't do that wasn't doing enough. Yeah. Whereas some players are different. That works for him and he was Correct. one of the best to ever play the game. And, and when he, he got good at coaching, I think was when he realised that not everyone is the same right. and it was about managing players and getting the best out of them the certain way that you needed to. Yeah. Whereas when he came in, he was like, you need to do this because this is what I would do. I mean, he didn't cop the same fate as Malthouse, but effectively, like, he was doing a good job too. They make a grand final in 2018. Yeah. They're literally a kick, kick one away. kick from the boundary from being a premiership team. Yeah. And two years later, he's out the door. Yeah. It's a pretty quick turnaround. Well, that's the brutality of Collingwood as well. Yeah, true. And probably, you reckon that's a, a thing? That's like, absolutely a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, um, yeah, to be the head of that club as a, as a coach is a certain type of person um, to be able to be under that media scrutiny and and that fishbowl that Melbourne is. Like, you have to be pretty thick-skinned. Was it the same for players? Uh, to a certain extent, yeah. But I think you, you when you're a Pies player, you kind of get this cocky swagger. You get the other way, right? You yeah. Get, you get the scrutiny, but you also get the, oh, he's a Magpies player. Yeah. Let's give him all this. Yeah, exactly right. Um, but in saying that now... I think media scrutiny is so much more than when I was there. Oh, like crazy, 20-fold. Just stay in your house. If you're yeah. a player now, just stay inside. Don't go And up. don't have your phone because you don't might Don't go getting... to New York and bash girls. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah, very good point. Not talking very about good, right? bashing people, but yeah, you had an incident in your career at Collingwood. Um, five weeks you cop for this one, which was down <laughs> to four, down to three. Yeah. I find it funny that people talk about it because... To me, it's a football incident, and I reckon you'll probably say the same. But Kate Simpson, legend of the game, played a lot of consecutive games in a row. You guys were in a contest, and uh, he gets knocked out. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, it was probably one of the biggest moments in um, my time at Collingwood in terms of notoriety behind something. Yeah. Um, But I felt terrible for the rest of that game. Like, Cade's a ripper bloke, um, and... To kind of put him in that situation was pretty rattling, um, but it was because Swanee can't kick. <laughs> <laughs> if Swanee could kick, it wouldn't have happened. I, I go into bat for players a lot at, when it goes to the tribunal. Um, yeah. I said I did the wrong thing, but I like. I feel like I protected myself at the last moment just better than he did. Well, well, and he he's a courageous player, but like there becomes a point where protect yourself. Yeah. So can you speak to? how, like, the decision-making process around incidents like that, not just that one with Simpson, but any incident where there's someone comes off worse than the other person. Yeah. Like, we saw it on the weekend, last weekend, with Rioli. Like, that could have been a very, very situ- yeah. similar situation. Yeah. If he had have knocked him out, he would have got... If it, yeah, if it was, it was two centimetres the other way, right? Yeah, if he had have knocked him out, he would have got... Six, six oh. seven weeks, right, yeah. these yep. days. Yep. Um, yeah, literally. And similar kind of contest... But he's just braced at, at, at that split second earlier. Is um, there a, is there room for it in the game? Is it should it be outlawed? Should well, be imagine like how how do you imagine if both players didn't go for the ball? How stupid it would look. Correct. I mean, or if one hesitated more, it could have been worse. Yeah, correct. I think you need to keep that part of the game because it's it's a brutal game. But players go out there knowing it's a brutal game. Yeah. I um I was actually watching you talk about the incident today. I was watching some old footage, and um, do you, has your 
I, I remember it, you were awkward on, mm. on screen because they were asking you about it. I think it was the day after. Like yeah. you were on a TV show and they were, they were asking about it. And, and they were, you were sort of just having to say like, yeah, you know, just hope that he was all right. And I just had to keep playing, you know, play, play the game essentially. But yeah. in actual fact, you were sort of, was that playing on your mind at all while you were in the game? Like, <coughs> was it easy just to go, okay, that's happened. I just got to keep going. Um, oh, well, you kind of get targeted after that as well. Yeah, um, apparently you, you, someone was chasing you around for quite a bit. It's against it Carlton, their arch yeah, nemesis as it well. Was, it was, I think, I think it might have been like a Thursday. Well, they probably didn't do Thursday night footy back then. It would have been Friday night game, I think. And um, yeah, I remember Mitch Robinson coming yeah, after Mitch me Robinson. for a, for a fair while afterwards. Mitch. But I think I said this at that time, like. Great guy, Mitch, but his chat's not great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was uh, like, Heath Scotland was one who was really filthy at me, and like I know Heath because he hangs around with all the Pies boys that went. You know, he was there before he went to Carlton. Yeah, and I remember being like, mate, I, <laughs> like, I was how old would I have been at that stage? When was that? 2012. I was, you know, 24. He's like 32 or something. I'm like, mate, I didn't mean to do it. <laughs> But don't 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 get angry at me. I oh, know. Yeah, that's like I think people lose track of that. They see Sharon Wellingham knocks out Cade Simpson, consecutive games record holder, and now he doesn't get to play. And yeah, he's a you, thug. You th- yeah you think well, like, but but it's flip the flip the, the coin. Sharon Wellingham is just running for a ball that's in the air. Yes, he's made contact. Yes, he's knocked someone out. But it's, it's not like Sharon before the game was writing his game notes. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna try and knock Cade Simpson out tonight or someone out. No one goes out to do that. Yeah, it's just. It's how the game goes, and I it's, promise it's, you, every every contact is actually incidental. No one's running around out there trying to hurt people. Yeah, and I this was one, and the reason no. the reason it was as bad as well. It was one of those ones you don't even feel because it's so quick and so clean, clean. It's like off the middle of the bat. Yeah, exactly. And I remember being like bounced. I'd landed on my feet and was like, "Oh, where's the football?" And then saw him. And I was like, "Oh my god." Like, I didn't even realise the severity of at that stage until I kind of saw him laying there, not in that in that horrible way you see him kind of trying to move. And he's That's just how it goes sometimes. So you get traded to West Coast at the end of that year, 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, you come over to West Coast. The pre-season probably doesn't go as you'd hope. Pre-season not probably the favourite time of year for you, Sharon. Yeah, no, especially at West Coast. I um, managed to put myself in a few tricky situations. <laughs> So some that didn't one? get some that didn't get publicly. Well, yeah, we won't yeah. Be, we won't be publicizing them here today either. But I did, I did have a look at you, you broke your ankle on a trampoline. Yep. So syndesmosis. It was before syndesmosis was a thing as yeah, well. You know, injuries are a thing. You know, shoulders go. Osteitis OP, pubis. OP was a big thing when we got drafted. <laughs> yeah. uh, knees, knees start going. They're, they're running phases. Yeah. Well, Hammy, hammies go through a little bit of syndesmosis. Probably not I'm, I'm, last I'm, year. I'm pretty proud to say I put it on the map. <laughs> <laughs> so you're on a trampoline, you, you hurt your ankle, you're out for Sydney's Mose eight to twelve weeks, right? Yeah. That's so it. I was, it was right on the edge of me having to get the surgery. So I was really lucky that I didn't have to get the surgery to pin your um the two. Tom Cole, I think, has had Sydney's surgery this year, so he's out for the season. Yep. Yeah. Um Dom Sheed was sort of on the boundary, so yeah. he's probably what Sharrod is. Yeah, so Syndesmosis is a funny one because it's just a little ligament, but there's like a sheath that runs up your leg and, and is attached to. It's a really weird injury to do because it feels like your your two leg bones are like coming apart. 
It's it's a really really strange, <laughs> really really strange that little uh, ligament. How it doesn't much hold it. It yeah. doesn't hold it together. Oh my gosh, that actually that's horrible. It's disgusting. <clears throat> so yeah, that was a uh, a misfortunate. I thought I broke my leg. I uh, that it hurt that much. What were you doing? Like a flip or something? It was the same trick that he did in twenty. <laughs> 2004 20 <laughs> It was I jumped off the train It was an in ground Like a level ground one And uh, I've um, Jumped off the trampoline I jumped off the, the trampoline Onto the ground And just kind of landed With my foot In an awkward yeah. angle And Yeah it didn't feel great Did, um, did Mick Malthouse Reach out to you When you got traded Did he give you any sort of you know, Obviously he was a, a West Coast coach And did he ever you know, With you having a relationship With him say Here's what to expect Or no, I he, I don't think he did. Um, probably would have been nice for him to do that. No, <laughs> <laughs> I think back. Um, but no, he was uh, he was gone. He kind of not that he he didn't hide away, but he kind of you know let Nathan take the reins of the club and didn't he didn't pop his head in. He didn't do anything like that. He was very it was much like it was it was like Clarkson Mitchell exactly yeah. the same thing, right? Mm. He just faded away, um, and so. Yeah, I didn't Not didn't have text, any. Hey, what, what was it like? What was it like playing Collingwood for the first time? Do you remember? Uh, As a West Coast player, where was it? I have no idea. Charlie, can you look that up, please? That's gonna be a hard one to find, Charlie. Just just give me a minute. On no? it. <laughs> okay, it would have been fourteen, I think. Yeah, they would have been giving it to you. Do you remember? Like, do you remember copping it? <laughs> Clearly not. No, I don't. I don't think I copped it from. Yeah. I don't think I copped it from the fans or anything. Um, what do you got, Charlie? So it was round uh, 22 in 2013. Uh, you got 14 disposals, 14 touches for the day. You didn't play many games in 2013. So you I think I only played, yeah, t- again, 10 or 12 or something. Yeah, was that the G? Was it at the G? Yeah. I, I can't remember <laughs> it. <Yeah>. I, can't <laughs> remember. I can't even remember. I don't think I ever played in it either. Um, okay, so you we, went, we didn't play finals in 13, did we? Yeah. No. I was there? You were, you were playing that. Day. I did not remember. Do we win or lose? Uh, Collingwood won by a decent margin. It was one hundred and one. And then we got flogged by Adelaide round. We got flogged by Adelaide round twenty three. I don't remember any of that at all. Was no it? Um, yeah, was it always going to be West Coast? Uh, yeah, Freo had had more money and more years, but I didn't want to go there. Really, I grew up going for West Coast. Um, so when the opportunity came to come home. It was a pretty look. It wasn't like a I didn't entertain it, but I always wanted to play for West Coast. Yeah, and was well, they played in Granny in thirteen as well? So I was, yeah, I was, sitting, I was sitting there going, "What the fuck did I do this for?" <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say success, right? Yeah. Like Frio had a good patch, they had a good little there. patch there. But um, no, I was glad I made the decision to go to West Coast. So you're at West Coast, um, go through a couple of years. 2015, you have a good year personally, and we make the grand final. Yeah, in 2015, you play in that game. Reflections on that. Um, having lost a having lost a grand final, won a grand final, and then won one. Yeah, all right, four grand finals. I think the um, the loss in fifteen was. I felt like it was uh, like the carpet getting ripped under from us because we we built it up so well that year. Like, and we were up against it. We had Eric McKenzie go out early in the year. Mitch Brown go out early yep. in the year. Backline was. Very Mega, undermanned. It was made of you. And that hanging was, on a thread. We were hanging on the thread and no one, I mean, you two are big, but we were pretty undersized oh, yeah. back line. Um, and so we kind of made took each week as we, as we, as we, we did. We made it up. <laughs> we made it up. We, like, everyone I was to that played in 2015, it was the funnest year of football I've ever oh, had. it was so good. Because it, 
We had Adrian Hickman as coach, and he pretty much just said, do whatever you want. Yeah. Like, not do whatever you want, but the, here's the keys of the car. You guys drive it. Like, yeah. I'm just going to you know, help you along the way, but you need to be on making decisions. You need the ones helping each other out. Playing that year was fun. It was, like, it was epic. proper fun. And because we were, we kind of, I remember feeling like we were um, underdog every week. Like, they were like, oh, it's, it'll come undone, it'll come undone, it'll come undone. But we just kept performing week in, week out. And then we got confident and we had a lot of trust in our system which Sorry, was I've just sort of I, I don't have this written down. <laughs> with the system so 20, which 15, wasn't a system 2015 right we had this system it was it was a uh, it got described by Jared Healy one week as the Weagles web so oh, we'll yeah, call it that right no one else called it that other than so the Weagles web so it looked like we weren't playing on anyone but effectively the plan was you start near an opponent but you try and help each other out. That that really was because the, we were so undersized yeah, and undermanned. It, it, it was. It wasn't. It wasn't this grand plan that if this happens, you need to do this. It was like starting your player. If you can help in another contest, do that. Yeah. And then and then someone behind you will help you with your man, and we just all press and do <laughs> other things. So it's stoppages <laughs> at stoppages <laughs> at stoppages. Yeah, stoppages. stoppages. You, you'd start near a man. You, you may not be like standing with your hand on the man, but you'd be near enough to like. I would be often be at the back. So I was a good talker on the field. I'd be setting the boys up. Charity, you go here. Charlie, you go here. Dan, Ned, you here. Kicking goals. And if you're close enough to a man, <laughs> I personally could see what you know who was aligned. It didn't matter if you weren't standing next to him, though. Yep. Anyway, I look up. It's usually 6v6. Six six. There's, there's six Kangaroos players, and there's five, including me, West Coast players. I'm looking at the stoppage, and I've got my sort of angle of like a good 45-degree each way almost. And I, and I can't see the sixth defender. I'm looking around like, where is he? What's going on? Everyone's aligned. And there's one free North Melbourne player kind of in the mid, like towards the middle side of the ground. And then I shift my entire fucking vision and body like at a 90 degree angle. And Sherrod Wellingham <laughs> is standing in the middle of the ground. I promise you, this is not over exactly, 40 metres away from a man. <laughs> it's a defensive stoppage. <laughs> They're 70 metres out from their goal. And Sherrod's 40 metres off his bloke. Now, sometimes during the year, that wouldn't be a problem. It would be, you know, trying to help the next contest or trying to just be a bit more aggressive. So I'm like, Jared, Jared, your man. Jared looks at me and waves me off, waves me off. I'm like, okay. Jared, Jared. Not listening, like, oh, my God. Jared, Jared. I used to go that way. He finally looks around at me, like, grumpy. Like, I'm being proactive. <laughs> <laughs> it was always my excuse for not, not being in anyone. position. <laughs> He's standing 40 metres away from anyone, not helping anybody but himself. Oh, it was very good. I've forgotten proactive. about that. The, I'm being proactive. That was Butsy loved that one too. I'm being proactive. So we made the grand final. We lose that grand final. So That was a really hot game. Do you oh. remember how hot it was? Oh, mate. Temperature. Temperature. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was. And I reckon I got 45 minutes sleep that night. I yeah, was I was just, I was nervous. I was nervous. But I was I really nervous. I hadn't done what you'd done either. I didn't know what to expect. Yeah, and I think, yeah, I I drifted in and out of sleep for maybe a couple of hours, but got a good forty five minutes to an hour of sleep. <laughs> and I was, it felt like I was on a bender when I got to the game. Yeah, like it felt like I had not slept. Um, and I remember it was hot. And I remember speaking with Don Pike, and I was like, I'm absolutely wrecked. Pre-game, Before the game, pre-game, perfect. I was like, oh bugger! Yeah. <laughs> I have to play a grand. Speak to a lot right of people now. that speak about that. Yeah. Just like before you go on, right, someone like, else said that recently. I, I ran out there, mate, and I literally could not run. Like my, yeah. my, it was like my I'd done 
three weeks of squats. And that was just all that nervous energy. It's That's the nervous it was. energy. It wasn't, it wasn't physical. No, nah, it but was it nervous felt energy. Crazy. And I reckon you guys in 18 took a lot from that experience. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And looked so calm. and yeah, Everything. Yeah. Everything from it. And because like, the way the 18 went was terrible. Could yeah. have started worse. But because you'd had the experience of it actually going badly, you could actually draw on it a bit. Yeah. Before we get there, though, 2015, you were player of the finals. No. Yeah. You were player of the finals 2015. Oh, your opinion. <laughs> I'm sure you were. Or was it 20? What What year did you win player of the finals? No, I didn't. Sheppy won it. I should have won it. Didn't you draw draw <laughs> with him? Oh, I don't know. Maybe. In the I next, reckon uh, you did. Did they give it to him on count back or something? <laughs> I actually think that happened. Yeah, okay. You. Yeah. you I, you were, I'm sure, you were equal player of the finals in 2015. Yeah, you had an outstanding final series, correct? Yeah, I was happy with the way I performed in the finals. You did. Yeah, I mean, you're a big game player. You played well in the qualifying final. Played well in the prelim. Played well in the grand final. But we don't get away with the win. That was the Wellingham. <laughs> that was when it came out. Yeah, the Brian Taylor. That that, um, that game against North. That was that was. That we game. were down that game. Yeah, and, and we you were, played. You were one of our best players that day. Yeah, I think um, we were down by 20 odd at quarter time or something. Yeah. Yeah, so we had our backs up against it that game, and um, your, your I goal, was being quite proactive. Your, your, <laughs> your goal from the back line was it was the one that just we were fighting, 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 fought our way back in the Wellingham. Free well, tea. Yeah. That, <laughs> I, I actually mean, saw him in Bali that off season. We were playing golf, and he was on the same golf course. Did he give it and to you? I was you? behind him. No, I was behind him. And I just be going, Wellingham. <laughs> 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 on the goal course. It's a good memory to have, right? If you look back at your career and, and sometimes you're known for different things, like that's a good thing to be people people know that. If you say yeah. that in, in public, people are like, I know that goal. Yeah, it was it was it was a great that I reckon winning a prelim yeah. is one of the best feelings in footy. And cool. um And that's being said with winning a grand final. Yeah, pre- winning prelims is incredible feeling. Um, and so that was when we really were like, oh my God, we're going to the granny. It's and, a different uh, type of pressure, isn't it? It's totally prelim. different. The prelim is, it's more of a relief, I reckon, when you finish and you go, oh yeah, we're going to the granny. Um, yeah, correct. Especially, correct. I guess for that season, it would have almost been still that feeling of a free hit, like yeah. you know, after a couple of seasons. Of, of not going too well. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I definitely, definitely think that winning a prelim is one of the best feelings. It's a good point. How many prelims you played in? Do I you? think six, maybe. Yeah, that's what that's what I meant by the start of this interview. That you've had a bloody good career, you've played a lot of successful teams. You've mm, five won prelims. and lost five prelims. Yeah, there you go. Did you get um, you, at that point? So playing in twenty fifteen, that would have been your fourth grand final playing in, even though one was a double. But did you? You would have been probably the most experienced grand final player on the team then. Uh, yep. So did you? Were people like? Was there anything from there was, you? There was Butler. But uh, but the played. But yeah, you know, so, so oh six. Sorry, 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 yeah, yeah, OC, yeah. But was there any like looking to Shara like give us some wisdom on on how to be in a in a grand final? Or you? I just don't think so. Was that? I can't remember anything off the top of my head. No, it's fine. It probably right. should have been because we, yeah. <laughs> we weren't prepared. Whatsoever. <laughs> 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 we got our pants pulled down. Yeah. You got I think my pants got pulled down. You got, you got, did that actually? <laughs> remember that photo that went around? No, please tell me. Do you not remember that photo? No. In the post game, I'm sitting on the um, ground and it looks like my nuts are hanging out of my shorts. 
Paul Hazel, is it Paul Hazelby that had that happen to? Was it your nuts? It may have been my nuts. I don't know. But it, and there's the meme that was going. Do you never see this? No. Oh, Charlie, oh my find God. it, please. And it was like at least one of the West Coast guys showed some balls today, and it's just <laughs> me with my balls out. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. All right, so okay, 2015 we lose. 2016, 20. When you get delisted at the end of 2017, you retire delisted. What what, what was it? You know, yeah, look, it was a, it was a funny one because um, I don't know. We probably spoke about it, but you get to that point in the twilight of your career that it's not the be all and end all to be continuing on playing football. Um, and I remember the conversation with Simo very very clearly. I was down at a steak restaurant in Tasmania, and he's given us a call and said, "Mate, we're not going to um, be keeping you on the list for next year." And I was literally like, okay, I'll call you when I get back to Perth then. <laughs> that yeah. was the extent of the conversation at that stage. I obviously went in and, and spoke to him again. But it wasn't like I was, I was fine. You Were know? you surprised? Was it, was it a surprise? Like, Not it, really. Remember, I was a bit in and out in yeah. 17 of the side. Um, I came in and played the last game. Um, but, yeah, it, it wasn't an overly big surprise. Did you still have I a think, footy in you, though? Did you think... You I think I might have physically, but I don't. I think don't think I did mentally. I was, I was pretty over it by that stage. That's always a good reflection. Like I sometimes think, oh, could I have kept playing? Maybe physically you could have. Maybe, maybe it's certainly maybe. But mentally, when there's not many guys that finish up and kind of are okay with finishing up, yeah. At the time you're done mentally. It's like yeah. selling a house. I think sometimes like people are like, oh, I sold my house ten years ago. If I'd have kept it. Oh, it would be worth $2 million. But at the time, you don't have any money to pay the mortgage. Yeah. And so you need to get out. It's the same with footy. <clears throat> Mentally, you, you get to that point and you just, you've had enough, yeah. basically. I, guess I felt a little bit of relief. Team. Relief? Yeah, I was like, oh, cool, I can go move on to the next thing, next right. phase of my life. So that next phase of your life starts in 2018. The a lot team of golf. Correct. You <laughs> still playing golf? Still playing a lot of golf. Well... Yeah, I've come back down to probably about that 2018 <laughs> stage when I really was grinding. What are you? What are you hitting them off? What are you? Um, off 13 at the moment. So yeah, yeah getting down there. Getting Happy with that, Dan? Yeah, that's pretty good. So I think I'm on a 25. What's the What's the max? 36 is the max. Yeah, I'll be a 36. I'll be well over 36. <laughs> a terrible golfer. So to, to 2018, right? You you watch the team that you've played with for the last six years. Yeah. Um, have a have a decent year, but I mean, it wasn't like West Coast were the best team all year. It just wasn't like that. They go on, they win a. Win a premiership. What's that like? One year out of the game. Yeah, it was a it was a tough one. Um, but going into the game, I was in a win win situation because you guys played the Pies. So, I in my mind, I was going for the boys. Obviously, having been with you the year before, but then in the back of my mind, I was like, "Fuck West Coast! I want Collingwood to win." <laughs> It's, a, it's it's the Sherrod Wellingham Cup, Collingwood West Coast. <laughs> yeah, and so I was going for all of you guys as my teammates, but then I was like, fuck, I hope Pies beat West Coast. Yeah. <laughs> so is that still to this day, are you a Pies supporter? Like, I'm I'm Pies West Coast, I even like Freo now. No, I reckon people come out of the game don't go for people. I, I don't actually yeah. go for West Coast. I, like, yeah, I go for Sydney. I guess every team, every team that comes up, I just have like someone who I kind of go for in that team. Um, you were at that game. I was. There's a good photo of us. I'm trying um, to pull it up. Uh, you were at that game. I cried 
Yeah, look, I've got your puffy eye syndrome there. Puffy <laughs> <laughs> so eye, had We had Davo on the podcast last week. Um, so this is a photo we're looking at with myself, uh, Tori, and Sherrod, uh, with me, with my medal around my neck, basically. Um, I, I have remember a few photos of you on that day. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't have many on that day because I was so far out the back. I was the very last to come around. Uh, but yeah. I, remember, I remember seeing you with you with Davo, one of my other really good mates. Like, it was... It was hard for you, right? Yeah, I I, I got emotional because um, if I had have still been on the list, I, in your mind you're thinking I could still be out there. Mm. Um, and I was just, I, it wasn't like a sad, I was just like overcome with emotion. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you were stoked. Yeah, I was like, fuck, this is amazing for you guys. Yeah. Um, but you know, then you're kind of thinking, "Oh shit, I could have still been out there potentially." Yeah. Um, but it was it wasn't sad. It was just the the whole emotion of it. Plus, you're hungover because it's grand final week. <laughs> <laughs> Couple of cashies. <laughs> it's um, it's a pretty it's a pretty emotional day. Um, the build up, the whole occasion, which you don't really experience when you're a player, in terms of the actual grandeur of the whole day you know the, the halftime performance the pre-game performances and the the whole experience of grand final whereas when you go there and you sit in the stand and you watch it and you're like fuck this is a big day yeah um this is a big day on the calendar and then you kind of get to i suppose feel it in a different way yeah um we kind of not we didn't skip over it but when you were when you were playing at collingwood um you, you at some point in time live with Lance, Buddy Franklin. So very relevant at this point in time. Just he just kicked his thousandth goal. Yeah, um, yeah, big point in his life, his career, his everything he's ever done. Yeah, and it'll, I, I'll it'll t- never get done again. It won't, it won't it would, get. It, it won't, won't happen again. It's crazy. And I look on the TV and I see Sharon Wellingham in the in, in Lance's <laughs> box. They're, they're going to the Lance's family, and Sharon's at the back. Well, explain your relationship with with Buddy. Um, so we both grew up in Perth. Um, we both went to Wesley. Uh, he was a year above me, um, but didn't really uh, hang out too much with the guys in his year. So hung and um, he was obviously big into his footy at being, growing up. Um, and so Trinity had a lot of guys who's played state footy and stuff. And so he hung around a lot with the Trinity boys. So we banged around a lot as a as a um, as a teenager, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and then. When he was in Melbourne, when I got drafted, um, you know, I just spent all my time with him. Um, it was great to have somebody there who you're already friends with, and I suppose even though he would, he'd already been over there three, two or three years or something, um, he was good to just kind of bounce stuff off of. And 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 did you have, live together? We lived together in 2011, 12 around then. How does um, that work? Living with someone that plays for another team. Like um, not logistically. I just mean like, are you discussing? It's a good question. Work like game plan. I don't know. Oh no, I never. We never discuss footy stuff. Really, um, maybe a bit of how performance stuff. How you were going, um, but never stuff that's involved in, inside of the walls. It was quite funny because because you would have played against each other at some point and then gone home together. Yeah, like, so to it, was, it was funny. We played in finals against each other in, when we were living together a couple of times and. Um, like he's he's one of the most, I suppose, competitive pricks you'll ever meet. Like he is ultimate competitor. FIFA, pool, fucking anything. Um, like Lecker. Yeah. Just hates losing at anything. Yeah. And then, then 
take that tenfold when you go into a football field with him. So like he wouldn't sometimes like not talk to us the day of a game. We'd be just sitting on the couch, and like Josh Gibson would come pick him up, and I'd be like. See you out there. <laughs> <laughs> and John Gibbo would rock up and be like, hey, how you going? Blah, blah, blah. Like, we'd talk and then Bud would be like, all right, see ya. <laughs> really? And then if he lost, he'd be fuming. Like, Angry he'd be with fuming. you personally. Not with me. No, no. I mean, like, no, you felt like that, that yeah, steaming. Yeah. And he'd be like, yeah, he'd just like whinge about stuff. And <laughs> what, were you, what was Maxi doing this for? What was Maxi doing that for? Um, they always had great battles, and there was a really good battle him and Taz had. Um, in that would have been twelve when Taz came to the pies. But um, like, <laughs> do you remember when it was one of his best goals he kicked when um, up against the boundary line, running towards Long. the right pocket against the pies, and yeah. he kicked it inside Luke along, Ball the, then ground, along the ground. Kicked, yeah, kicked a goal balled. afterwards. He was filthy after that game. I don't think he came home for a couple of days. Like he stayed at Gibbo's, really, because <laughs> you were playing in that. So that was the team that went. So you played the in a prelim against your housemate. Yeah, which was pretty cool. I think he came into the center square at one stage, maybe that game, and I was like, "Bud, what are you doing in here? Get out, mate!" <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a strange concept. Yeah. That wouldn't happen that much, mate. Nah, it was it was great, and we, I he was twenty twelve was one of his best years he had. Twenty twelve was probably one of my better years we had. Like we were just, I felt like we were just on top of the top of the world really it was yeah. great yeah um that's cool um so he's moved on from that house of debauchery probably <laughs> and uh he's gone on to kick a thousand goals well he met jess while we were living in that house good okay. um and and bud played this is probably a little bit um secret squirrels here but bud probably knew um he was going to sydney that year um wheels were in motion for his mindset. Um, I don't think anyone would think that he just rocked up and Sydney said, hey, you want to come play with us? That's a good idea. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that played in part to my decision to wanting to go home as well. Um, you know, I was like, well, because he's going to Sydney next year. I might just go to West, go home this year. <laughs> yeah. So What um, year was that? that was, so I left 12, but yeah. I, he, I already knew he was going to Sydney. Yeah. Um, that obviously didn't come out to the end of that following year though. Classic. Um yeah, I don't so know. You lost I, no, well, you lost <laughs> I don't know if you're allowed to say. I don't know if that, that was allowed to be done at that stage in, in AFL trading. Okay, well, we'll just so be we'll careful with be that. We'll see how many people listen to this podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't want to get him in trouble. So, so, yeah, so like I was saying, so he met Jess that year um, and she was based in Sydney. Um, and so um, he, I think, if he didn't meet Jess, I don't know if he would have grown into the person and player that he is now really yeah why um she is just an amazing person for him um he obviously had a few issues over those first couple of years up in sydney and i think that he's just grown into um yeah an amazing he was a boy we were, we were boys living in melbourne but he grew into a man mm. over that and time. you think jess had a lot to do with that oh massively she's an amazing woman oh that's really cool was it um was it always part of your career plans to head home? Like, did you think to yourself, uh, eventually I'll come back and play in the West? Or oh no, it wasn't my intention to play back here, but I knew I'd always come, come back, back to, to WA, um, and I absolutely love Melbourne, but didn't think that I would live there because WA is such a great place to bring up kids and you know have a have a family and yeah, 
couldn't have asked for um, a better spot, I don't reckon. So I always knew I'd come back here eventually. And so then when the opportunity came up to, to get traded um, or to ask for a trade, it was too good of an opportunity to miss. So housemate into <coughs> the goal that he kicks his, sorry, the game that he kicks his thousandth goal. You've just flown back from Sydney um, yesterday and flew over there for the thousandth goal. Yeah. I do want to mention here, Furphy, Furphy have sent us... Well, no, we've got a couple of slabs of Furphy just around the corner. I will say that. They've gone down quite nicely before this podcast. Yeah, very good. Furphy have made a glass boot of Lance Buddy Franklin's. It's a replica one. It's not the one he wore on the weekend. It's made out of glass. Of course. Uh, Can you pour a beer into it? But apparently That's these a are, good shoe, isn't the, it? These are worth, That's a great shoe. These are worth over $1,000 each. Wow. So each shoe or is or it or crystal or glass? There's 10. Could be crystal. Wow. Think they're glass. Could be crystal. Cut glass. <laughs> Ten of them. So people can jump onto furfybeer.com.au. Un- oh, this is very good. Furfybeer.com.au. Unbuddy believable 1000. <laughs> so you can find more details there. You just need to do a few things. You can hashtag unbuddy believable to jump on those glass boots. Okay. Anyway, what was it like being there for his thousandth goal? You were, you were, yeah. you were obviously confident he was going to kick it. He had four to kick. We, were, we weren't. Overly confident, so Sam and I flew out Friday morning. You would have liked to have kicked one more on Phil Davis. Yeah, but I knew Phil always plays really well on Bud. Always plays well. And I was like, he's definitely not going to do it round one. He's not going to kick five on Phil. No. Not going to happen. No. I was kind of thinking maybe two or three. Yeah. And then you go into Sydney. He's a, he loves the theatre of the game. He's yeah. like, I want to do it at the SCG. Um, so we were going over there and um, we actually found a $10 note on the um, on the way into the airport and Sam was like, oh my God, he's going to do it. And that was probably at that stage, I was like, he actually might do it this week. So and I kept kind of I kept kind of saying to Sam as well, I was like, I might duck down to Melbourne if he doesn't kick it. And she was like, oh really? <laughs> <laughs> I hope she had to come home obviously for work. Yes. I, I kind of did too, but I was going to, I was going to, Go to Melbourne if he didn't Keep kick it. Keep a ride, baby. I was just going to ride it all the way down there. Sherrod's around 17 in Adelaide. Kick a goal, bud. Kick it. Um, just kick it. I knew it was going to happen over that two-week period. So, yeah, it was. he, he was working his absolute ass off to get it as well. He like, seems like a theatre-type guy. Like, oh he yeah. knew that he knew. was the day. He knew it was the day. I could see him running around. Yeah. I've played him before. I was like, that's Buddy at his best. He, that, was, he, was, he yeah. was running around like he was five years younger. Um, he was moving very well. Um, and even his old man was like, he better bloody kick it this week because I don't want to go down to Melbourne either. <laughs> <laughs> He's, yeah. So, and his sister made the trip from LA for literally 60 hours. Oh, wow. Um, so, no, so he was... This is the crazy thing. People think, oh, he just kicked four and he kicked his, you know. He, he, he knew all of this. Yeah. People don't don't think about that. He knew that everyone had flown into town for this. Yeah. And he wasn't going, he so wasn't leaving that game without kicking four goals. Louis made it up there as, Jordan Lewis made it up there as well, who's one of his um, best mates from his playing days. Yeah. Um, so oh, Clarko, Clarko, was, Clarko was there with I don't his, think he knew Clarko was there um, He was wearing a Sydney scarf <laughs> yeah. oh, I think he's going for that GWS job Isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah So he had Louis up there um, Ruff couldn't be there Jordan, um, Jared Ruffhead couldn't be up there Because Saints were over here um, But he had Yeah Two of his sisters there um, Arnie, uncle It was incredible What was it like when he kicked his thousand? Like you were there I saw it on TV 
It looked like unworldly. Yeah. It was it was honestly like World War Z. You know that you know when they're all like piling on top of each other. Yeah. It, that was what it looked like. I was like, when is when is the crowd going to stop going out? And they ended up just opening the gates. Like people weren't having to jump over the fence. Mm. They were able to just walk out through the gates, and people were just like, "Oh well, I might as well go out." <laughs> Did you think about going out? Nah, we it was it was a bit of a task to get. To where he was, so out of your box, out of the, out of the box, and they didn't have beers on the ground, so I wasn't that keen to go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it was Cruz. His little nephew went out, and and um, I don't think he quite made it to him, but that would have been awesome. What what did, what did Buddy say about? It? I spoke to a couple of Sydney. Well, I spoke to Tom Hickey, who was out there. What yeah. did Buddy say about it? To be honest, he said everyone was amazing. Like um, all the supporters and stuff were just incredible. Like there were. Blokes like leaning over in front of him saying, stand on my back, stand on my back. Like they were literally just trying to lift him up. And um, I think he tried a couple of times. I was times. waiting. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, carried you know, when he's kind of like going like this, like yeah, trying yeah. to, I thought he was trying to um, be careful of people who were being stampled and stuff. Oh, yeah. Trampled. Trampled. Stampled. Stomped. Yeah, trampled. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that that was what he was worried about, but they were, they were all like throwing on the floor themselves saying, get on my back. <sighs> So, and he, and on Saturday I asked him, I was like, well, you know, what were you thinking? He was like, mate, I just tried to take it all in and, and enjoy it for what it was because, you know, if you try and fight it and go against, you know, try and get away from everybody, you you, you just don't soak up the experience. <laughs> it's like, I, I thought to like, it, it wasn't, it was clearly more than a nightclub, but like he would, if he went out to a nightclub by himself, that would be what it's like. Yeah. People, people be getting photos in his face and. But there was thirty thousand people yeah. trying to get to him. How many do you reckon got onto the ground? I don't. I don't know. I reckon it was. I reckon 20. ten to fifteen. Uh, yeah, Tw- maybe twenty is a stretch. It, there was definitely from the like the big vision. It looked like there was no one in the stands. Of, like, yeah. Was, was there, there anything so. that happened that you heard from anyone around that no one else has heard? You got well, anything for us? Yeah. One of the funnier things I saw was uh, who's number one for Sydney, the blonde fella, Heaney. No, he's number Oh, uh, Warner. Warner? Yeah. It was Warner? Chad Warner kicked the ball to him. So he and Ollie Florent got locked out of the stadium <laughs> through all of the kerfuffle. On the street. So they're on the street in their full playing <laughs> kit, walking around with, with someone trying to get back into the stadium just, just in case they have to play that extra four or five minutes. <laughs> and I saw so Justin Longmuir came out today and said, I felt like I was a kindergarten teacher doing a head count. And he reckons he did a John head Longmire. count. John Longmire. John Longmire. Who yeah. did I say? Justin Longmuir. Yeah. <laughs> John Longmire <laughs> reckons he was a kindergarten teacher going like, well, and he looked around and he was five short. There was there was <laughs> blokes stuck under the McDonald's sign on the far yeah. side. I remember one guy, I can't remember who it was, but came in very late and then everyone like hugged him. They're like, where have you been? And he yeah. just, yeah. It would have been insane to be down in the room at that stage. Like, to kind of. What does is, what is Buddy Franklin do after he kicks a thousand goals? Uh, like He hung around there and had a couple of beers, but they got a, Five day breaks, <laughs> recovery, recovery. Family. How many kids has he got? He's got two. So he got to stay in a hotel before the game, didn't he? He had to. He had to stay in a hotel before the game. I think there was a bit of a COVID scare or something like that, wow. and so yeah, he went and stayed in a well, hotel. Well, that COVID scare will be real now. <laughs> Thirty thousand people. That was the other reason I didn't run out there because I was like, that would definitely be a little hotbed. Oh, you wouldn't be able to get back. Either. Yeah. So I didn't want to go into isolation this week. Um. But yeah, no, he we ran around to his place on Saturday and just had lunch there and like again just had his family and uh, and us there and had some pizza and pasta and a few beers and his it, old his old man knocked off about six long necks and 
<laughs> I don't know him, but he seems like a character. He's, he's a, a legend. Right? We just had to... He's just like, yeah, he's a good player. Yeah, he's a, he's a gun. He's always been a gun. <laughs> what do you want from him, mate? But that, what was another thing that was really nice is Lance and, and Lance Senior and Ursula, they don't go into the rooms ever. They've been in there once or twice, I think he said. When, His whole uh, career. Whole career. And they went down after that and um, got to be down there with him, which is awesome. That's cool. Mm. Anything else? All right, social media, a couple of quick ones here. This has gone a little bit longer than I thought it would, sorry, Sharon, but That's I've right. really bloody enjoyed talking to you. Um, social media, which I know you are here for. I know that that's the reason why you've come along. Um, it's powered by Cameo this year, Sharon. So Ooh. are you on Cameo? I'm not. Would you like to be on Cameo? Could anyone want me to send them a video message? Mate, well, I've had four this week. What, for what? Ex- exactly. So you'll get some. <laughs> Dan's had four requests. Sharon Wellingham will be on Cameo shortly uh, after social media. I did want to ask, hmm. <clears throat> how have you gone? You've been on there for a week. so you've had. What do four- you do? Do you, you record yourself? Yeah, you just say, g'day guys, Will Schofield here. Um, Premiership legend, should have won the North Smith medal in 2018. <laughs> I can sledge you, mates. So I can, you know... Love, so I, make love to your wife <laughs> via video. <laughs> I can tell you, I can do whatever you like. It's cameo. You just you, know, you do personal messages, yeah, okay. birthdays. I don't know, whatever. There was yeah, a nice. guy this week, so I got a message. So Dan a, signed up last week. You got a cameo request? <clears throat> have a read of it. This is your first one. Some guy goes, um, "Can you roast my mate?" I don't know. Not whatever your first it was, one. I want to know. Whatever. No, no. I want to know what your first one is. Keep going. Oh, okay, I'll take it back to the first one. Um, this is the first proper one. And he says, can you roast my mate? Um, he goes to Red Rooster way too much. And sometimes he's cleaned out a shop. Can you tell him like he Whoa. uses too much Red Rooster? And so I'm there like, mate, lift your game. Like stop going to Red Rooster. <laughs> like it's just. What was your first request? So my very, very first tight. request was a man who messaged me and said, hello, I'll pay you up front on PayPal. Um, could you send me a 90 second video of you taking your shoes off, then wriggle your toes in your socks, then take your socks off, wriggle your toes. Oh, wow. I'll send you 75 bucks. So of course... 75 bucks later. <laughs> so, of course, uh, I'm a little bit richer this week. There you go. Thank you, Adam. Now, that's a bit, a bit strange on Cameo, but I reckon we can sign you up to Cameo, Sharon. I think people Is it an easy process to sign super up? Easy. It's super easy. It's super easy, and then it's just like, it's literally 10, it's free money. I've got to be honest, it's free money. It wow. It's like, my, it's like my punting. <laughs> Blue bet. Thanks to Blue, Blue bet. <laughs> Multi this week, Sharon. We're getting up, I'm telling you right now. Annie Brayshaw will win the uh, Glendanny medal. Alan. Oh, God. Who cares, about Seriously, who cares about Freya? who cares about Freya? So, truthfully, how mad was Wusher over the trampoline incident? I don't remember him actually getting that mad. Um, it was, he, did it he ever wasn't really that, like, He'd I, be like... He's seen worse, put it that way. Yeah, exactly. I came in at the lower end of trouble. <laughs> 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 Eagle Nation, double underscore. Uh, who was your footy idol growing up? Juddy. Juddy. Really? Yeah. Love Juddy. Played nothing like him, but <laughs> <laughs> taught you everything you know. T dot money ninety seven. So I was at the local skate park back when Sharad was still on the list, and he bet my little brother five bucks so he couldn't grind one of the rails. My little brother stacked it and fractured his ankle, and Sharad <laughs> laughed. And that weekend, <laughs> that weekend, he racked up twenty five touches and three goals against the Bombers. Does he have any intention of paying up? <laughs> Is this a true story? It could, yeah, it could potentially be. I don't, I don't really. Used to remember. head down to the skate park as a <laughs> in between. Listed player. <laughs> yeah, probably. I used, remember, I got in trouble for skateboarding to training. Yeah, Josh Kennedy's been in the same park. He's he's in trouble too. Is he? Yeah. Um, Doing kickflips. Yeah, I'll pay him his five bucks. Okay. Not, not a big bet. I don't think not I had twenty. Man, I think I, had, I think I had twenty five. I don't think I've ever had twenty five and three. There you go. False you had story. Twenty six and two. There you go. Yeah. Against the bombers. Yeah. 
Oh, there you go. It's probably a true story then. Morgan <laughs> underscore Asho. Uh, goodbye. No. Oh, good day. Good day. Good day, fellas. Good day. Sharon, after your incident in 2008, what was it like at the club after losing one of their sponsors and how close were you to ending your career? By the way, you suited the blue and gold much better. We've already <laughs> what, covered that. Was it, what, was it close to ending your career? Was it, was it close to... Uh, like I said, I didn't understand the magnitude of it at that stage, so I never actually felt like that until that probably that two or three hour window when yeah. um, when I was waiting for Eddie to come in and spray me. But then like... Pink he, blazer. In his pink blazer. <laughs> but then, like I said, he came back in and was like, we're going to be here for you, blah, blah, blah. Um, Raz underscore 894. How often do you have people coming up to you saying, Wellingham? <laughs> give, it, give it something. <laughs> Wellingham. Um, not as often as I do it, just out the window driving down the street. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Sharon's had his car rewired. His horn is. Nah, if you're out at a if you're out at a pub or something, blokes would do it once a night. Yeah, probably. If you went out, if you're out at a pub, yeah, but not not walking down the street. That's that's decent. But I do wear the shirt. You know the one. Is there a shirt? Yeah, yeah. Should we talking about shirts? <laughs> yeah, the back chat shirt. Ooh. Back chat. I wonder if anyone's noticed. I noticed it when I walked in. You just let us know if you like the back chat shirt. We might have a few more lying around, Charlie. Don't worry about that. Last one for social media. Thanks to Cameo BJ Harris eighty seven. How many games are you going to play for S N E S A? Snezza. Snezza. Well, Scoey, I just had an invite from the coach to, to what's what's happening what, okay, this Thursday. What's Snezza? You guys are talking about as if you sorry. St. Norbert's old boys. Um, if, Chris, Chris, Marston. Chris Marston and Sharon Wellingham are signed up to play in the amateur football league this year. Not just the amateur grade, Sorry. but it's C grade amateur football. Have you? What does that mean? Is that worse or better? Well, it's not like it's not like not North Beach or anything. It's right. it's a couple of right. below. We went to bring this team up. So are you you been training down there? Yeah, yeah. been down since January eleven. Um, How many times a week? Uh, I think I've done five sessions. I might have to come down. <laughs> well, if you need, a I'm ball, averaging I'll, about point eight a week. <laughs> Um, but no, it's been great. I'll play four pocket. You, you yeah. cut the oranges up. Um, yeah. It's a good club. Um, everyone down there has been really, you know, nice. It's it's. I've great. had an invite down to training. There's yeah. there's there's great chicken and gravy or chips yeah, yeah. and gravy. What's um, it? Beef and gravy rolls on yeah. Thursday night oh, this week for the for the jumper prezzo. Um, so the reason we ended up down there is Dunny, one of Masto's good mates, played down there the last few years, and he's. Gotten the coaches here. Is there any other there. any other ex AFL players down there? I mean, a couple of good signings. Ryan, Ryan Crowley played down there for the last couple of years, but I'm not sure if he hasn't been down since January 11. He might be have the same transition. invite with me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't think he left the goal square when he was playing. He's, I think he's designated full forward. Could kick goals. Yeah, I think I think he kicked a few bags last year. Um, but no, just um, just the two of us. Just finally, um, very very finally, Derby. So mm. Derby this week, West Coast Frio. Do you have any one memory from a Derby, any point in your career? I know you've got good with memories on Derbies. Do you have, um, playing against Frio, West Coast, what was the... I can't believe Josh Hill Carter won a Ross Glendening Allen medal, for first first of all. <laughs> um, I remember that it was when you grew up, like being WA, Derby was massive. Like I remember sitting on the couch with Dad, having a pie, watching the footy, on a, you know. Yeah. On a Sunday for the Derby because we always got lobbed with a bloody Sunday Derby over here. Yeah. Um, but welcome this week, Sunday, <laughs> Sunday four forty. 
Perfect. Just when everyone in Victoria is tuning into the football. <laughs> um, but one of my good memories from playing, well, funny memories, was I was playing on Nat Fife. Um, you know, I'd often get tasked with the um, chore of minding one of their better, better players. Um, and I think he may have been like just just trotting away from me, and I was trying to annoy him, and I went to trip him. <laughs> not not like not trip him as in like he's running past me. Like I just tried to clip his ankles just to get annoy, just him. annoy him. And he turned around and goes, "Don't do that." Don't do that. I was like, I don't know if he was trying to be like, "Don't do that," or like you know. Like, but he just came out. But the like, chat was yeah, awful. It was awful. Don't do that. Don't do that. Um, instead of like turning around and. Jumper punching me. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Who wins this week? Frio or West Coast? Um, oh, look, I think that... West Coast will Frio? have 12 ins. They will have 12 ins this week. Are they all going to be back in? Uh, all the COVID-related ones will be. Are so, they? Yep. Oh, that was going to be my main area of concern was the lack of depth at the no, moment. But They'll be coming back. I don't think Frio have got a good enough forward line at the moment. They've just got no one to Can't score. It. Can't score. So who wins? I think West Coast could get up. Boy. Chuck that in your multi. Well, Mickey Barlow's picked the Freo Dockers by not much, and Sherrod's picked West Coast. Maybe we need to readjust the, the, the multi to have a bit of a line on West Coast. We'll have a look at that. I, I think the, the – so who comes back in for West Coast then? Uh, <coughs> Kennedy, Barras, Rotham, Redden, others. Other people that remain nameless until – Nick? Nick Nananui. Oh, literally, I just named six of their best players. Yeah, well, plus, plus some some other. I thought they played extremely well um, on Sunday as well. Dixon, Hugh Dixon was out as well with that. Yeah, I thought they played well too. I really yeah. thought they were going to beat North Melbourne. Yeah, so did I. Um, mate, I've kept you too long. It's been a great chat. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Great career, great memories, great stories. It's been fun. Thank you for having me. Um, if you yeah, if you want to see us, back chat double underscore. You can find us on YouTube. Just search for Backchat. You find us on Reddit. I don't do that shit, but you'll find us over there. You can send us an email. Hello at backchatpodcast.com.au. The website, www.backchatpodcast.com.au. He knows it. All of our links. All of our links are over. All of our socials. Follow us. Get on board. Blue Bet. Thanks to Cameo. Thanks to Whippersnapper. The best in the world since they've signed with Backchat. Very good. We're going to have another one. We'll see you next week. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.